Well, hello there, everyone. American nerds. It always feels like it always feels like we take a long ass break between episodes, but well, I guess it's just the fact that like two weeks, two weeks is by. a long time. Do, two weeks do go by a long a lot, time. A lot happened in two weeks. I, it did. Not that much in new. Mm, kind of. Yeah. Kind of this week. That's Even though the news is a little lighter. Big. Bob Iger leaving Disney was pretty big. That was pretty big. The Candyman trailer is pretty sick. Oh, Josh Radner's and stuff. I didn't know he was in Hunters. Huh? He sucks. Who's Josh Radner again? He's the he's the guy from How I Met Your Mother. Which one? Well, he doesn't suck. He's he's the guy who meets the mother. I <laughs> I don't know anything about How I Met Your Mother, bro. I I've seen some of it. I just know Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Yeah, and he's also in, plays Nightwing in Under the Red Hood. Yeah, we talked about that. We went into a Batman animated movie debate. Talk about this Year week. One. Talk about uh, Under talk, the Red Hood. Under obviously, the Red Hood. we dissect Candyman. We we don't really. We just talk. No, about we it. just talk about cool. Candyman. We talked about Westworld for a couple minutes before we just talked about why we don't think euphoria is authentic <laughs> when it comes to high school culture no no well yeah we, we talked about we went back to it but we talked about euphoria for a bit for some reason yeah yeah then vinyl then how, vi- how vinyl was nothing yeah we talked about samurai jack that's getting the game the yeah. coronavirus we talked about that we talked about the coronavirus yeah yeah that's a thing that's happening well there was a fucking tweet i found where it's like people are scared to drink corona beers in light of the coronavirus concerns i'm like and then somebody retreated it with the Al Pacino picture from Irishman. The fucking, you dumb motherfuckers! <laughs> the solidarity. You know. Solidarity! That one's, you haven't seen that solidarity. picture go around? Solidarity! You haven't seen that picture go around? Boy, it's one? just him standing on top you of the desk. He's like, you dumb motherfuckers! <laughs> Al Pacino's so great. He's good. Especially yeah. in Irishman. He's yeah. just, it's amazing. He's great as Zoidberg's uncle. That's right. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> Al Pacino. What a picture! <laughs> Al Pacino playing a fucking Futurama character. He does sound like a Futurama character, though. He just sounds like a caricature. Okay, Al Pacino sounds like a caricature of Al Pacino, of Zoidberg. No, just Al Pacino. Of Al Pacino playing Zoidberg. At no, least I, now, I, Al Pacino now. Al Pacino is just voice acting Al Pacino. Yeah. So it's not really. You know who played? Um, you know who played Zoidberg? It was also Billy West. I didn't know that. Really? Why? Yeah. He he talked about how like yeah he talked about how like he uses the 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 holes in his body to um and like the spaces in his body to contort like a voice coming out of it and he would talk about how like he would easily go from fry which is kind of like this or some shit like that and then he'd go to Zoidberg and he'd like contort his body a little bit more and like open up like ear holes or some shit he's like how do you use all that money like that. <laughs> It's a seashell. My home. <laughs> I love that. When they were like underwater oh, in Atlantis. No. Remember that? Do you remember uh do you remember, mermaid? Yeah. No, that was that was Fry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fry tried to fuck a mermaid. No, no he, he did tried fuck the, a mermaid. He tried to fuck a mermaid. Oh, that's right. He couldn't find he why the fuck couldn't she why couldn't she be the other type of mermaid with the fish part on top and the lady part at the bottom? <laughs> I love that show. We talk about Futurama a lot, and like Futurama never went stale. It never. It's never. It's not. A, it's a timeless show in a it sense. It really is. Yeah. The humor is always like. It's always gonna be great. It's like. It, it's like. Stop. Wait. He's my best friend, and then they push him off the side. <laughs> it's like the, the Simpsons never went bad. It's what Futurama. Yeah. Is. Futurama really never went bad. Yeah. Even like their last season, which isn't great, it's still pretty funny. The ending is very touching. That ending is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Endings. Because they got canceled like twice. <laughs> Episode 46, American News. Yeah, enjoy. Woohoo. Yeah.
Are we recording? Wait, yeah. Okay. Wait. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I, I, you know, um, it was like a burp. Oh, okay. I, I thought you needed to take one more swig huh? right before recording. Another swig? I yeah. Don't, I don't drink alcohol. Never drank alcohol in my life. Yes, 21-year-old Victor Calvo. I never drank okay. alcohol. You have no Says proof. other 21-year-old Raul Cruz that knows exactly what your fucking habits are, just as much as you know mine. I don't drink that much. No, we don't drink that much. We don't do, when we drink, it's you. Okay, I didn't even imply that you were drinking okay, right no, now. Okay, no, no, no. When we, yes, you did take another swig. What the fuck do you mean? Impl- another impl- swig of your USB stick. Uh, stick. <laughs> oh, the stick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. Nicotine. Sure. Welcome hey guys, to American Nerds. Nicotine. It's the savior of the. It's the savior of our race. And uh, um, Ronald after- Reagan. Ronald Reagan would agree. Um, it's not part of his war on drugs. This is not a drug. It's just a thing that... Yeah, Ronald Reagan's war on drugs, except for tobacco, though, because he would smoke the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I've been watching a lot recently? Ronald Reagan? Uh, no. Okay. Um, Don Rickles. You know Don Rickles? Yeah, yeah. Mr. I've been, Potato Head. I, I, dude, I've been watching just a fuck ton of his old, like, stand-up specials. Not stand-up specials, but like, just, like, a, a bunch of old, like, Don Rickles clips really? online. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious, dude. He's no, one of I the know. funniest I just fucking didn't comedians. Expect you to start watching Don Rickles. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, I, like Don Rickles is one of those people that like you kind of just always known he was there, but never actually seen his content. You know, I've seen some of it, but I was never. It was one. It wasn't one of those like old uh, old school comics that I would never like cared about as much. Well, I, went, I like his stuff. Well, but, I went balls know. deep into Ron Don Rickles. Yeah, and rest in peace, by the way. The girl. yeah, no, he's been dead for a couple years now. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've just been watching a bunch of shit, and there was um, I saw his. Uh, I saw his uh, his little like uh, stand up for the president inauguration or like the presidential dinner, the ball, or whatever during the, the Reagan fuck. era. Yeah, Reagan was a uh, Reagan was president. Mm-hmm. The entire time, Don Rickles is just like roasting Reagan. <laughs> like he made a joke, whatever, and then he turns around and he's like, "Is he laughing? Yeah, is he laughing? Funny. Everybody's laughing. That's funny. It's just everyone, everyone dying. He's just roasting everybody." Uh, he's, he also made out with like Frank Sinatra a bunch of times. That makes sense. Like there's just like uh, all the times that like Frank Sinatra and Don Rickles were like on like a thing together. Like in one of the videos, you just always see like Don Rickles just going up to Frank Sinatra, just trying to make out with him. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a hidden horniness between like the Rat Pack, huh? I'm pretty yeah, sure they probably all fuck each other. No, I don't. I, w- I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, no, sorry, they're all homophobic, you're right? Yeah, but like you know how like <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean they are most of them at least. <laughs> I, I think so, but like you know how like so. you know how like in the modern day context, people the homies like to clap themselves up, and then like the good night smooch, the good night kiss. How like everybody makes fun of that of those jokes. I'm pretty yes, sure the Rob, rat pack. I, I think yes, the rat Rob, pack did that. I I, I good night smooch all my friends. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, isn't Sammy Davis Jr. like bi? I don't know. Is he? I, I, I'm, I'm not an ex- expert on the Rat Pack. <laughs> you have a Rat Pack port? I, well, I, you I, have a little, I have a picture from Blo- I bought from Blockbuster years ago because I thought it looked cool. That's it. I thought you were a Rat Pack connoisseur. I mean, I yeah, listen to their music. Sinatra. I, yeah, I love Sinatra, but, and I listen to Dean Martin and Davis Jr. and... Um, can't remember who the There's other one was. Ro- Don Rickles was roasting Dean Martin as well. Yeah, this is going too fast for you, the Dean. Dean Martin. The <laughs> Dean Martin roast are that's where the original roast came from, and they're so funny. I don't think they were roasts. Well, at least the they videos were. I saw. They no, the like video, ro- the videos I saw oh. of Don Rickles. Like I, I think they were just like, you know, those. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they're Hall of Fame or People of the Year. Like like dinners or awards, uh-huh. and he's just roasting the people that were there. I don't know if it, they were like an actual roast or anything. I don't you know. know. You should get into Rodney Dangerfield. Dangerfield's I saw like so a, funny. I saw a few clips. He he just looks like he's on speed the whole time. It's just the way he talks. And I, his I eyes love are it. always just popping. Yeah. 
it, there's that there's that one bit that's in that Anderson Pock song that I really like, where it's like, I'm not good with women, Johnny. One day, this woman told me, "Hey, come over. There's nobody home." And I went over. Nobody was home. <laughs> I love that shit. He's great. All right, let's get on to the news. Wait, once again. American nerd. American I'm Raul. That's Victor. We talk about pop culture and all that shit. And um, and, and kissing the homies goodnight. You know, it's the important stuff. It's content. If you don't kiss your homies goodnight, you're not a person. Exactly. You're going to hell. You, you don't have a soul. You're going you to hell. kiss your homies goodnight. All right. <laughs> you're not even a little it, peck. You're gonna burn it to eternally. Not even a peck on the for cheek. the rest of your life. Or you don't kiss your homies goodnight. Yeah. 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 So we're recording, we're recording on a new uh, software. Yeah. Program. We finally started using Adobe Audition yeah. on this. 29th of a February? Yeah. yeah, it's February 29th. Is, 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 yeah. it is it leap year this year? Yeah, apparently today is a leap year. Okay. I mean, no, this year is a leap year. So happy birthday to all you 90-year-olds who are only like three years old. Yeah, they're like nine or something like <laughs> yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I listen to NPR, and they do like these little intros of like people around the world um, introducing the show right before they get ah, into the I actual thing. I am six years old. Yeah, no, it's like, so hi, my name is... Year old man. Yeah, my <laughs> name is Kelly. I'm a social worker at the at the DMV, and I my birthday's today on a leap year. I'm nine years old. And yeah, like, she definitely has, like, a smoking voice. You know, <laughs> it, it, it it's it's supposed to be cute, but I find it dumb. It's, I like always, the, it's always like 15 seconds. I always like to skip whenever I'm listening to that. The way you describe episode. it, it sounds like the... Uh, the chocolate lady from uh, from SpongeBob. That's a guy, huh? That's a guy fish. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Oh, chocolate. Yeah. That oh, okay. One, that Never one. mind. Yeah, that the one that's one. like on life support. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't she coming back <laughs> no, for like an no, episode or something? And she's like a vegetable too, because she doesn't have arms or legs. I think she's Remember supposed. That? And think, she's a burn victim. I think she's supposed to be like a. She's supposed to be like a sardine or something. Is it? I don't know. Well, no. Her daughter's a regular fish. Okay, but all right, but all right, fucking um, Mr. Krabs' daughter is a fucking whale, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, do you remember that one joke? What, Look the at Krabs' daughter; she's as big as a whale. You don't remember that? Yeah, I know. On I, the I, episode I, where um, I think uh, I think really, life. I think you meant the really fucked up meme. Oh wait, that's a bad sentence. No, I, <laughs> wait, what'd you say? <laughs> Plankton takes his life, takes Mr. Krabs' life. Um, I remember that joke, but I thought you were talking about the one where Mr. Krabs finds a uh, pearl. And like her dead well family. That's not canon. I know, but Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously fucking picked up yeah. uh, fucking, fucking picked up Pearl from like a, a fucking Yo, Stephen orphanage Hello, or some Stephen shit. Stephen Hilbert like, got dark as fuck back then. Rest in peace. Do you remember uh do you remember that he one got joke? fucked over with SpongeBob? He did. Like he really did. bad. I don't want any spin-offs. <laughs> Cut to a new spin-off coming out this summer called Camp Coral, which is like a CG SpongeBob show. Yeah, those, Nick, those uh, were really successful. The, the new movies? one was really successful. Did you not see the last one? Well, the the stoner comedy. Baby, isn't there like Baby Sponge or something? Like that? That's the new one coming out this year. Yeah, okay. There was one a couple years ago where the, it's a Bill and Ted ripoff where Plankton and SpongeBob go back in time, and it's like a Mad Max uh, spoof, and it's also kind of like a stoner comedy because yeah, I don't understand what, what I'm talking about. That, that that did really well. That was fun too. That's a genuinely I fun seen movie. It, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's like the Gremlins 2 of Spongebob, where like every idea gets thrown in there for some reason. I like the first movie a lot. I feel like the first movie doesn't get enough credit. It, it is a near classic in my part, <laughs> in my heart. It's a generational personally. classic. Yeah. I remember I went there opening day. Yeah, me at too. All the Americas to watch that film. Oh, no. I saw it on a dolphin. Oh, okay. That was a packed house. <laughs> I was crying. Thank God I didn't grow up in Mob of, like, Mob of Americas. I my only parents went, did. I went a couple of times throughout my childhood because there was a local arcade there. 
And well, I went there it too. Was yeah. Local in the sense that like it was by my cousin's house. I didn't. I never lived near uh, Mall of America. I used to live in that area. Really? In the Mall of America's area. I used to live there. Um, Have you seen how it is now? Uh, yeah, of Shit. course. Shit. No, obviously. Bad. Um, I mean, it was always like that area that I used to live in was always kind of bad. Uh-huh. It was kind of like one of those like bad neighborhood type of places. It, it's like it, it, I wouldn't say Cuban ghetto, but there's just a lot of like, like just fucking annoying ass Cubans. You like know? you know, you remember that scene in Gone Girl where they go inside the decrepit mall. That's been abandoned. This is basically Mall like of America. It is Mall of America. I yeah. mean, I'm sur- it, 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 has it officially closed yet, or is it still no, standing? No, it's still standing. I think it's probably because it's like a historical landmark or something. Remember the failing mall um, gag in uh, Family Guy? The failing mall gag? It's um, uh, the whole family goes to like a failing mall. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to that uh, closed J.C. Penny over there. Uh, you can go. Uh, Meg, why don't you go over there to the water fountain with no water? Um, right there. And, yeah, I don't know. Some I, uh, old yeah, family guy that gag. Like, that sounds like a family guy joke. Yeah, it's old. I wanted to circle this back for SpongeBob for a quick second. Do you remember that one joke where it's like, uh, whatever happened to Mr. Puff? And then like it cuts to yeah, and like a little like taxidermy. That's so sad. <laughs> she doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> it gets dark. Yeah. Oh, SpongeBob got really dark. Whatever. Speaking of dark, Westworld and something season three. somehow new. Yeah, Westworld season three got some trailers for their premiere next month. I saw the trailer. Holy shit, it looks great. I literally, I literally only ever watched the trailer for the show. Um, I don't know what's You've going on. You've never seen Westworld? We, yes, I have. We oh. I, we literally just talked about this. I saw the first season. Oh, first okay. season is really got good. To season two. Well, okay, I didn't finish the first season. But oh, well, well, yeah. Shit. No, yeah. but like I got like mostly like all, all the way done, but I just didn't continue. I guess I guess it was like right after um, season seven of Game of Thrones, and like I was just looking for something to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just started Westworld that season. I mean, I start like I originally started Westworld when it came out. Back like you know it was yeah. getting really hyped up, but like I didn't really get into it. To be honest, I think like Westworld was kind of I wouldn't say a failure for HBO, but they really were riding on the fact that that they were riding. That on, was the first big show that they wanted to be like the next Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. They were riding on that Unless like count Game of Thrones idea. Really? Well, their next Sopranos. Nobody in their next nobody in, in their saw next final. Nobody at they all. They really wanted us to see it. No, it just didn't work out that way. I I I I saw the pilot. That's a horrible pilot. Hundred percent. Nobody in HBO thought it would be their next Game of Thrones yeah. at all. No, <laughs> I I wouldn't say uh, Game of Thrones. I'd say you know, obviously it would be their next like Sopranos. I think no, that's what Board they were Rock going Empire. for. What do you mean? At Boardwalk Empire ended after that, by that point. When um, when vinyl started up because it's the same show. I thought it was still coming out at the same time. No, no, it was ending around the time that vinyl started production. Well, that would have been well. I I I'd consider that to be like their next well, quote unquote fucking I'm, next I'm Sopranos. In but. terms of like the big big uh, success, obviously I would tie it into Sopranos. Boardwalk Empire is a success, obviously, but it wasn't on the same level as Sopranos. You can never get to that again. Yeah, but ne- yeah, but like I, I don't think I, I don't think anybody in HBO that kind of thought that vinyl would be like a huge hit. Like I think they did because uh, I, I don't think know. They really tried. I don't know, bro, because when it was coming out and all that uh, all that marketing, I it didn't really like. I I, I didn't really see it anywhere as much, and like that no, that, that, that I, show kind of got overshadowed by I, all I everything else HBO had, you know. No, what else? Especially did they True had? Detective around the time when True Detective was coming out. Was that the same year? I mean, I think True Detective was like out already, or it I was, think it was probably out already. In between but I don't season think it one and season two, maybe time. in between season one and season two, maybe or right after season two. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it must have been either before or after. Nobody because cares the about way vinyl. They, is what I'm trying to say. Because the way <laughs> they do it is that like their hour long prestige drama always ends 
they always like to end it before the next big prestige drama starts. So say this doesn't make this probably isn't uh, a real like a uh, real life example. Comparison. But Eufo- uh, Euphoria yeah. and um, uh, True Detective season three. I guess, right? True Detective Season 3 does its run. That's over with. Then they do Euphoria. You know? Euphoria was a hit, though. Euphoria was a big hit for yeah, HBO. Yeah, I just did not give a shit about it. Yeah. I, I could not care for another show that looked like another Riverdale. Everyone told just, me, like... Just more sad. I mean, everyone told me it's okay, but I felt like... I don't know, just from the trailer alone and, like, what I heard about the show, I felt like it was just... It just showed... It, it's just high school, but really fucking extra. Well, no, it's... It's... <laughs> It's like high school if it's real. You know what I mean? I mean, high school wasn't like that for me. Yeah. It, I, I, it, okay. It's, it's weird. weird, man. It, no, it's weird. <laughs> we grew up in Miami. You know, you'd expect like, I guess like. You'd, out, expect out someone my, to get a, you'd expect someone to get a drug habit out of it. I mean, a bunch of people did. A lot. Of, yeah. Oh, my God. A lot of people had drug habits in high school. But like, I don't know. Like, I, I the way I guess high school is perceived like. Uh, you know among like film and like television it's kind of very like snarky and very like up its own ass you know I and everyone I, in high school is, is just supposed to be like a mean girl type of thing yeah. but like i don't know my experience with high school i sure i saw aspects of that but i didn't really see like you know like i never really saw like kids getting bullied for like being into like nerd shit or kids getting bullied in general i never yeah, really saw that kind of thing like the reality in my high school was that like if you like that shit, you're just with your own clique. And, exactly. Like it, nobody gives a fuck about it. Exactly. And if I, they do, why are you why are you spending your like energy on something that you shouldn't have to give a shit about? I think yeah. like the I think like not I wouldn't say ideal, but I think the the common consensus like uh, high school like loner doesn't really exist anymore. I don't know about that. There's there, there there's obviously some weird fucking. I know loners there, there in are, my high but like school. for the most part, I guess like most people, were. most people have their own friend groups and have their own people that share the same interests. So we don't really see like the we don't really see like fucking Andrew Garfield in Amazing Spider-Man. Oh yeah, I'm so emo and cool and I skateboard and I, and everyone bullies me. No, no, no. That, Andrew Garfield would have been fucking popular I in high can, school. I can I can Andrew concur Garfield, with that. Andrew I Garfield would have had would have had fucking just friends. There were done some. There were just ton of drugs. No, no, I I disagree. There were <laughs> some Andrew Garfields like that in my high school. The problem was that like nobody liked them because they were just weird. <laughs> Which I guess is yeah, also but, a problem in but itself. But like you said, like they just hang out with their own cliques. Yeah. You know? And like that's what I mean. Like we don't really see like an Andrew Garfield type of loner. In, no, I think in I high think school. that I think that I, I disagree with that. Because there were definitely some like, you know, loners out there on the side in my high school for I sure. Mean, yeah, sure. But like I, I just I, think the way that like high school it, it, it the way the high way, school is just way portrayed shows, the, the in way general. Shows, like media portrays high school sometimes, they like to over um, dram- they like to make it over dramatic. I don't know. I just don't I, That being said, I haven't seen euphoria so i can't really i can't personally um give my verdict on that i mean i went to a public school so like you'd expect that kind of shit to be seen in a public school you get me and like i don't know it's just like being in high school i just didn't see uh maybe i'm just like in my own little bubble and i just didn't like that understand that that. that could be it sure but like i okay not to my own horn but i i I was friends with a lot of people. Like I knew a lot of people in high school. I had friends like in in um in, in like all, in different interests. Like Fucking I had nerd. I had exactly. <laughs> I have like you know I had my theater friends. I had my jock friends. I have whatever. And like it was never really like there was never really a case where like either of e- either of my friends in whatever social class they were in like they're just like bully on fucking kids for no reason. That was more in middle school if anything. 
I saw that in middle school. I, a lot. I, I, I'm, I'm very happy to see like the people who thought they were hot shit in middle school, like kind of get like the grim reality put yeah, into them. Okay. Some, I, no, some of them got it bad. I mean, you know, I mean, I, when you see- I, I, I feel bad for them at the end of the day, no, eh. but it's like on a personal level. Hey, fuck you for treating me like shit. You know, sure. Why you have to? You yeah, not, sure. there's no reason for you to act like a dick to anyone. Sure, just sure. because you think you're hot shit. Sure, sure. And then when that shit goes up to you, but the, look, the way I think like about shit, it, right? look, the, look, the way I think about it is just like whatever. We're all kids. Doesn't matter. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all kids. Like who? Like in the end, who the fuck cares? You know, doesn't like, matter. We're all gonna die anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, we're all fucking kids. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Westworld. So speaking of death, yeah, Wait, Westworld. Westworld looks. Westworld looks great. I mean, man. <laughs> you look obviously okay. like. Here, look for a person. I've who, seen. I've seen the whole series up to this point. <laughs> I think season two is okay. You know a lot of people dropped like? off. You know what it kind of looks this like? One? What? It kind of looks like, uh, well, this is me. I completely, like, no, no context at all about Westworld. It looks like, um, it looks like one of those cheap sci-fi shows on, uh, on Netflix. I don't, I, I don't like think an it's, I don't think that looks cheap. I don't know. It looks weird to me. It's weird to me because they're, they're like changing settings and like the narratives are coming it, it's becoming a different thing. It's like it Alter Carbon like season a, three. A different that's show. I, that's what I mean. I, I haven't seen Alter Carbon, so I couldn't. I, I haven't don't either. Know. But just you know, well, then, then what the fuck? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's from it, a person who just hasn't good. watched this shit. You know, like it just. Yeah. Does, I mean, it looks whatever. I guess the but visuals like, look good to me. I don't. I don't mind it. It's, it's it, not that they look bad. It's just it, it just looks like a, a Netflix sci-fi show. That's the only way I could really point my finger on. Mm. I mean, it might be good. The story might be great. And, you know, I really do love Aaron Paul. I'm excited to see what they're going to do now that they're actually in the city. Because they have teased it a bunch of times, especially back in the last season. But I'm I'm curious to see what the fuck is going to happen now. It, this feels like this feels like this could easily be the end of the show. And I don't know if they want to continue doing another season. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we may not have the chance to do this again. Might as well throw all the shit in as much as we can. So here's Kid Cudi. Here's Marshawn Lynch. Here's uh, Thandi Newton coming back with a fucking samurai sword about to fight Evan Rachel Wood. See that samurai sword shit? Like, is it so? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm fine you know, with it because that makes a lot of sense. She lived in samurai world for a couple of episodes last season. Oh, yeah, I remember. So she was like, really skilled in that. Season two. Or that like, was fun. That's a fun yeah, uh, little Japanese uh, little story arc there. thing. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. This does, this trailer doesn't make me want to watch the show. Oh, it to does be honest. for me. I'm very excited with this. Stuff. Like again, yeah, you have the context of the rest of the seasons. For yeah. someone who just doesn't, who's not attached, this yeah, doesn't make me. This doesn't make me want to <laughs> go on and watch it. Like I'm, I'll watch it just for word of mouth, you know, and like what you tell me, obviously. But like, as for trailer, doesn't really make me want to go watch it. But you know, hey. If you want to go watch Westworld, go ahead. HBO it makes great good. shit. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I think for uh, for most of for most of it, season two was pretty good. You know, it looks like they, from what I read with the interview uh, with the interviews with uh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan, showrunners of the show, they were like, "Yeah, we we definitely took our time and learned some of the lessons from season two. So is, this is going to be an interesting uh, bounce back. I always like that when uh, like prestige shows have that one rocky season." And they're, then they're like, in the next season, okay, what did we do wrong? All right, let's fix that. And then they make a completely different show out of it. There's like, it's the Mr. Robot thing. No, yeah, That's why Mr. Robot got so fucking two, good. But there's two extremes. There's Mr. Robot and there's Walking Dead. We're like, yeah, we ha- no, I don't let's have a few Rocky seasons. Let's still have a few. You know, yeah, let's continue having Rocky seasons. The difference is, let's have a few Rocky seasons, but we're still going to be shit. That's what, that's that's what I mean. Thing. It's the two extremes. It's like, yeah, you can either have a Rocky season and be good... 
I have a rocky season and continues to have rocky seasons, end up being a rocky show, and then have Jeffrey D. Morgan make out with some lady with a fucking zombie flesh mask. Yeah, what the fuck? I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, it just happened, so. Yeah, I saw that. I heard about that recently. I'm like, all right, cool. That's interesting. If you're interested in, if you're interested in watching The Walking Dead, um, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, no, that, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just stop listening. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want you here. <laughs> don't talk God. to us. <laughs> no, I. Uh, hey, Westworld looks okay. Westworld looks Westworld okay. Westworld looks really cool. Yeah, like Re- Westworld looks really good. This is what, this I'm what you're here for. for. You're here for two Ed opinions. Harris, Man in Black. That's gonna be a fun. You're here time. for two opinions. You're here for someone who wants to watch Westworld and doesn't. Someone who doesn't want to watch Westworld. Yeah. American Nerd is what we're about. Yeah, you know what like, we both want to watch though. Candyman. Yeah. Damn it! I thought I wanted to finish that sentence. It's fine. Yeah. Candyman. In conclusion, Gabagoo. Um, yeah. Candy. The new Candyman trailer came out. It's definitely a sequel to the original Candyman. Uh, it looks good. It looks really good. Um, yeah. uh, it's definitely that. It's definitely keeping because I, I haven't seen uh, Nia the Costa's last film. I think it's called Lost Woods or something like that. I haven't. I haven't seen her last film, but um, her previous film actually. But this movie, at least from a visual standpoint, just looks like another Jordan Peele film. And like, I guess, I mean, this which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, to it's say not necessarily at all. a bad thing. But you could definitely tell that, like, the Jordan Peele influence is finally like bleeding into like just regular pop culture in general. You I know? didn't feel that so much with like, because I think compared to, when you go from Get Out to Us, I think those are two distinct feels and looks of a film. Oh no, I, I disagree. I think Get Out and Us have a very distinct look and a very similar look. I don't think they're very similar when it comes to like the visual. There's that- some sequences that are pretty similar, like when he's stuck in the couch, when he's stuck in the chair. And like the outer worldly stuff when he's stuck in the um not the upside down what the fuck was they saying in the when he what yes, that, whatever yes, that world yes. is when he sinks there's some similarities there but this definitely has a very evident us influence in it in terms of just both the color and the way that the shots are composed I mean I mean as far as like cinematography and visuals I think it it just derives from Get Out and Us in general because I, I feel like Get Out I think more so Get us. Out and Us have like that Jordan Peele look and that's the only way I can really describe it it's just the yeah. way it's just the way like it's um specifically also like the way like you shoot dark complexion Jordan Peele is really fucking good at like shooting dark skin. Oh, that is true. Especially, yeah. especially like in darker light because it is harder. Yeah, you know. And, I, and I'm thinking more so us because it has that visual style. More like it looks, it feels more like that too. Also, I think they're putting a little bit more money into this project. I mean, it's Candyman. To, yeah, it's a, it's like what like Monkey Paws. And surprisingly, like, it's not a Blumhouse production. It's like which what, I'm, Mon- which Monkey I'm Paws like about. first big like horror since no. us, right? Well, I mean. Horror in in film in film okay because I'm saying like you you have um you have Twilight Zone that they did no yeah no but I'm talking yeah. no I'm talking about like in film like like the actual like like cinema because like the only yeah. uh, the only other Monkey Pop production I remember is like us yeah. last one at least and that was last year yeah and he co-wrote this as well yeah, as producing he, he, it. Uh, yeah, that's probably really like a loose term. He's probably just like he came up with a story and like, overlooking most of it. Probably, but like I. I but that's always a general like Hollywood courtesy rule is that whoever like cracks the first draft or cracks like 
the first big iteration of that script for that project always gets uh, writing credit. No, no, not always though. No, it depends necessarily on who the person is. Like oh, if it's usually. Jordan Peele, obviously it's like he's gonna name. get. Yeah. yeah, if it's Jordan Peele, he's obviously gonna get like he probably has the most creative. He probably has more creative control than the actual director. But I, like, I, which I think is definitely the case. It in might this be movie, the case. Probably. Which I mean, hey, Let, let's that see. Sucks, let's see where that goes. Like, whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you know what the weird thing is the the projects he's attached himself to aren't they recently after us they haven't been great twilight zone's not good and i've heard mixed things about that hunters tv show on amazon so i'm a little bit worried about this movie i hope it's good and it looks good i just find it kind of weird that jordan peele like decided to like like go and just start making tv shows right off the bat you know which i understand he comes from tv yeah a lot of his shit comes from tv but like Twilight Zone, I, I, I understand because that's something that every horror fan would love. To I take really a crack do expect at. him to like, and yes, expect. I expect him to like start going the Jason Blum route. You know, could start be becoming his own like like his own type of you know horror connoisseur. Yeah, Monkey Paw Productions can easily be like its like own Blumhouse thing. Like thing. Yeah, and like maybe specific. It doesn't necessarily have to be like uh, or oriented at like only like you know oh uh, black filmmakers and black actors, but like it could also you know he can make Monkey Paw into like just its own. Yeah, different. Well, I mean, that's the case with movie. Hunters and and Twilight Zone. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not exclusively you know to one. Um, they, they're not Race. exclusively like black or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Hunters is, is technically exclusively Jew. Yeah. Because it's a bunch of Jewish people is hunting out Nazis. Jew? I'm pretty sure he is. He's the leader of the, the thing. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. It probably is. Probably just hired I have because he's Al Pacino. It's, it probably is just, it's just Marvin Schwartz from <laughs> What's One Time in Hollywood. Is Logan Lerman Jewish? I... Uh, Probably, I don't probably. know. <laughs> probably. Probably, yeah, I don't know. On the show, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Candyman looks good. Visually, it looks pretty good. It's going to be Yaya, right? I mean, it's... It's going to be Yaya. And, and that's what I'm thinking. Okay, because Tony Todd's apparently in this movie, and you hear his voice at the end of it, but I'm thinking, are they just going with this route where... Like, the Orochimaru like, route? Yeah, 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 the Orochimaru route. Or, or what the they Palpatine. do in every... What <laughs> they the do in every... Route. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> what they do in every... Horror, with a lot of horror movies where it's like, oh, the young, unexperienced person slowly becomes the thing he creates, you know? Or the thing that he, he is inspired by. He wants by, to be, yeah. You know? Because you definitely see that with that little shot which I really like his reflection of him like staring at the reflection. He got shocked by like uh, the Candyman. I mean, you see on the like, other side. Yeah, you see when he Yaya is walking like past like a a van, like a minivan down the yeah. street. You see like the reflection, and that is that Tony it, Todd. Maybe Might the be, thing yeah. is you don't see Tony Todd in this, yeah, yeah. so you don't know. It's probably gonna be. But like the thing is, this a is big de- reveal at the end, probably. Or the thing is, this is definitely yeah. a sequel. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah, woman yeah. he talks to. Well, Same. okay. First of all, Yaya is playing. I haven't seen the original Candyman, but this is light spoilers. He's playing, he's playing an artist. He, he's playing an artist, but he's his name is um, Todd the Tony. same. <laughs> the, Todd Tony. His name is the same. Is the same as the as uh, a character in the original film, who was a baby at that point that was kidnapped. I don't know the specifics of where that goes because I haven't seen the movie, but he's talking to his mother in one of those scenes in the trailer. The woman who claps and she's like, no, don't say that. That woman is, I think her name's Anna Marie in the original. She's a person that lives in that uh, gentrified Chicago na- uh, neighborhood in the in the original film. Hmm. And I, I that apparently that's her son. I don't know if that's official or not, but apparently that's the case. That this kid is from the ori- is the, is the grown-up version of this person from the original Candyman, and I guess he's just obsessed with the idea of Candyman because he always saw of it as more of an, uh, a myth, 
even though everybody I mean, in his life in the at the time like you know knew that it was real he says something in the trailer about like oh this is my creation or something like that like he's yeah, something referring like to like that. an art piece or something and it's just a fucked up head <laughs> is it that i yeah, thought he like was he, talking he, about the mirror uh, he was talking about a painting or something. Yeah. Like, they were, like, in an art exhibit or something. I do Whatever, find it's it, good. I do find it really funny yeah. where it's like, who's dumb enough to summon a fucking demon? And then it cuts to five white girls in a fucking bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and the one, black girl, the, the one black girl just goes into a stall. Yeah. And just hears... She sees what's happening. She's <laughs> like, nah, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> nah, fuck this. I'm gonna just do my business and get out. And then yeah. just bees everywhere. I, I, I really do like... Um, I, I, I like the cast that's in this... Obviously, Yaya's great. I'm also, I'm also excited for Yaya. I, I did not know Coleman Domingo was in this movie. What else has he fuck? been in? That's awesome. Uh, he's been in other stuff recently, but like I, I can't remember right now. I think he was on Walking Dead. Or one of the Walking Dead shows. A lot shows. of people were in Walking Dead. I know. I know. For no reason. Eh, some of them are really good. But yeah. I, I'm excited for this. Yeah, this, we're excited. It comes out in June. Looks really fun. So yeah. It's probably going to be a big hit. I hope so. I see this hitting really hard. I wonder. I wonder. It's good. I, I wonder how horror is going to do this year because Invisible Man came out last night. As of this recording, and that was a big win. Let's see. Let's see how well, it does. So far, it's been a big win. Office. Only seven million, dude. Yeah, but remember, Sonic's out. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but hey, but hey, doesn't even. But doesn't really matter. That disgusting when CGI when dog work- movie with Harrison Ford's <laughs> out too. <laughs> okay, but isn't that uh, on Disney Plus? No. Oh, no, no, you're talking about the, the Willem Dafoe. Dafoe dog movie. Yeah, yeah, the Willem Dafoe yeah. dog movie. The one right after the lighthouse. The one with a real dog. Yeah. Yeah. That dog is disgusting, bro. Yeah. It looks like a rubber dog. the Wild. Come on, rough. And his eyes are like popping like a cartoon. Oh. I just, um, the trailer for that movie came out before Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and, you know, I'll just leave it at that, whatever. Yeah. I, I guess there's still some people who haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, which would, if you haven't, good for you. But, hey, whatever. Um, what, the... the sp- no, I, no yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, whatever. There was, um, there was also a. I, I didn't want to point this out. There was also a Transformers War for Cybertron trailer that came out. It's Rooster Teeth's new Transformers Netflix anime. That's part of a trilogy. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I'm excited by this. It's I'll probably not watch it until like six months after. It's, it's just released. like bad CG. I don't know. Even though that's the style, sure, but like eh, whatever. It could work. It could it could work and it cannot work. The best thing I saw that, that Genlock show. I the, saw that Genlock show that they made, which is all CG and there's some good sequences, but then the, it's the, just it's obviously a CG animated the show. The best thing that Rooster Teeth ever did was Red versus Blue. I don't know. Did you, you ever, ever watch Red versus Blue? I've seen parts of it. I I was okay with it. I've never, really, dude. I yeah. well, dude, Rooster Teeth is not a thing I like. I I put a lot. Uh, I care a lot. Oh wow, you know? that's interesting because dude, I, I grew, don't care a lot about. Oh no, I grew up on Rooster Teeth hard as fuck, dude. Achievement Hunter. That was my shit back then. No. Especially during... Uh, it was on Machinima, but I never really... That wasn't the thing I would watch on Machinima. I would watch Sonic for Hire. I would watch Mega Man Dies at the Sonic End. Sonic for Hire is a classic. And Two Best Friends Play. Sonic for Hire is classic. What a fucked up storyline. Then, then they made a sequel series, Mega Man Dies in the End. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the one I was talking about. That was fun. Well, there's Sonic for Hire, then Mega Man dies at the no, end. No, and then right uh, Sonic for Hire came back. Hedgehog for Hire, because they had to change the name because Machinima owns that name. Oh, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't see that one. It's okay. It's okay. I used to love Rooster Teeth back then, especially during the Left 4 Dead days. Yeah. Uh, I, the, I, all of, like, Achievement Hunter. I, I, just, like, I just never cared. They I, Are I, they I, the same people behind Morgan Freeman plays? You know? Uh, no, wasn't that C-Nanners? I don't know. I think that was C-Nanners. You ever seen Anish? No. Really? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I was really into like YouTube, like gaming back in like the like mid to late 2000s. 
Uh-huh. That was a really big thing back then. I'd say like early 2010s as well. I was, but more in the sense of like Nintendo games and whatever I would see on Two Best Friends Play that was oh, interesting. Well, I was like a hard 360 player. No, PS3 was my thing. Yeah. 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 Fuck you. All right. We had the better Marvel 2 port. Huh? We had the better Marvel vs. Capcom 2 port. We had the port. better console. <laughs> well, PS3 was more powerful, but the 360 reigns overall. No, yeah. That won that console war. PS4 won this console war. Yeah, yeah. Let's see who wins the other console war. Probably the coronavirus. Honestly, it'll probably be shut up. Yeah. It'll probably be like the same thing. No, as... I, I'm, I'm actually that doesn't even. I don't even count that as a joke because we'll talk about C, uh, GDC in a little bit. I mean, that whole okay, everything with the coronavirus. It's like uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually starting to get a little bit more worried. I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I guess, it, I guess, you know, it'd be my ignorance that's not making me worried. But like, then, then again, hey, we're, we're, we all go out in the end, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna ignore what you fucking said, and uh, well, let's talk about some Star Wars shit. That's There's a, a new joke, film. Yo, it's a joke. I understand. People are dying. It's bad. I know. But hey, hey, fucking the flu is like just as fucking worse. No. Yes. What, what do you, you mean? Fucking, you, what do you mean? There's no. The vac- flu is. Way, There's a vaccine for the flu. The flu is way more fucking dangerous than the fucking coronavirus. But you have a vaccine for that shit. There's Damn. no vaccine for this. Have you ever seen Contagion? They had yes. a vaccine at the end. Are you really gonna fucking relate this bullshit to a Steven Soderbergh movie? I mean, it was a, I mean, it was a bat disease. Why wouldn't I? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, there's a new. Uh, I say, there's a new talking, Star Wars film in the talking works. To idiots here, I swear. Anyway, You're, oh you fucking <laughs> bitch. Star Wars. There's a new film from the director of Sweetheart in the works. J.D. Dillard's his name. I haven't seen Sweetheart, but I heard it was really good. It's that movie with uh, Kirstie Clemens from Dope. That Blumhouse movie that was on Netflix that got uh, that's exclusively on Netflix. I didn't watch that. I heard it's very good, and he also directed. Uh, this is an outsider update. He directed the most recent episode of that show, and boy, he did a really good job because that was a really good fucking episode. Um, I, there's a writer attached to it as well. I can't remember the name right now, but there, that's all we have so far. It could be the movie that comes out in 2022 because the release dates haven't changed for those films yet. Okay, I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, according to Letterbox, um, he was at one point attached to do a Fly remake. I don't know about that. Like original, like Jeff Goldblum Fly. I know there's a Fly re- remake in the works. But I don't know who's currently attached to that, or if that's even a project that's alive right Speaking now. Speaking of Cronenberg, you know his his, uh, his son, uh, what was his name? Steve Cronenberg or Steve Cronenberg? <laughs> no, something like that. Yeah, um, he made this movie recently that's been making the festival rounds called Possessor. I've heard about it. I heard yeah. it's like very very good. Yeah, I, I have heard about this. Brandon Cronenberg, that's his name. Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, like a lot of people are are, are looking at him now. Oh, well, it's you know obviously it's Dave Cronenberg's son, you know. Yeah, but. I don't know. I'm pretty excited for. That's interesting. Yeah. Whatever. No yeah. Star Wars. Um. This, this. This is pretty big because it's the first uh, POC star big Star Wars director. Yeah. To have like a, to to have you know the Star well, Wars reigns currently. Currently. Yeah. So, yeah Let, let's see how far this project goes. Um. Yeah. yeah. If it even fucking if it even makes it off the the fucking page. Yeah. I mean, it could be nothing. It could be just like yeah, we'll think about it. Probably just pitched and be like yeah, we'll think about it. There's you know? no details out right now about what this project could be but there was that really funny deadline thing where they took a a joke from uh the hollywood reporters article and they're like oh the story takes place on exegol but like you clearly it's clearly a joke that they wrote in the original article that uh where the scoop came from 
and Deadline just like shot themselves in the foot for being stupid yeah, as fuck. They, yeah, I heard something that was like, oh, it's gonna take place in Mexico, but then it was like misinterpreted. It's supposed it to be. It was misinterpreted. Uh, like plot details are kept under, on the Exegol or something yeah, like that. Plot details Exegol. are kept under the grounds of the secret planet Exegol. Is that some that I that's some sort of line that they put in the in the original um, Hollywood Reporter article? Then Dead, Deadline take so took they meant it. it as a joke. Yeah, they meant it as a joke, and then Deadline took it and said, "Hey, this movie's on Exegol." And I'm like, the, the the writer of the piece was like, "No, journalism, idiot." <laughs> yeah, journalism is great. Yeah, uh, clickbait's a fucking. Joke. I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, hey. Uh, okay. I, all right. I'm. With I'm Abby's, excited. No, no, no. Okay, look. I like. Abby, I like Young Fresh Talent on a on a Star Wars movie. I don't like Young Fresh Talent on a Disney movie though. Oh yeah, man. You know, <laughs> that's uh, that. Yeah, no. See, the, the, this the point I'm trying the to make is like needs to eat. The, the point I'm trying to make is just like it's it, it's it's kind of feeling like Star Wars really is becoming like the MCU. Christ, I hope not. Here, we're just getting here. Let's just get another fresh face director to make another Star Wars movie. That's what's kind of feeling like. Have you seen that? Speaking of MCU, have you seen that stupid ass report where it's like we're looking for an Allison Brie type for She Hulk? Why and not everybody just asked ha- Alison Brie. Yeah, why not just get Alison Brie? <laughs> she talked. Um, she, she talked about it on that. Uh, on that. Uh, cat person. Yeah, show. yeah. She she had it like she was like being interviewed. And What's his fucking name? Jason Cor- J- James Corden. That's it. Um, the cat guy. Um, yeah, they, they were just talking about it. She seemed kind of nervous when they uh, when they asked. I guess maybe like. They talked to her, I guess. I don't know. Pretty sure they did. Yeah, probably. Because that's a dumb fucking thing to put out. That happens a lot, though. I know. With Hollywood casting calls, they're looking for, like, a, a specific type of actress, you know, type of person. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because, like, they, you know, they, they should just probably get the person they want. But then again, it also could be, like, a situation where, like, hey, let's get a Brie Larson type of actress for this role, but we can't afford Brie Larson. So we'll get someone else. Like, I don't know. We could clone Brie Larson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brie Larson. That's what they did for Captain Marvel. No emotions. <laughs> Fuck off. Wow. You was like the tethered version of Brie you're, Larson. You're not wrong, but it's It's like the tethered version of Brie Larson. You know how, like, it's the same... The tethered version of Brie Larson. But Jesus. no emotions. They can't... They, they can start, what was it? They can't mimic a human soul? That's what it was. <laughs> she was lacking a human soul in Captain they? Marvel. But can they? Uh, I don't know. That's one of the more interesting things about us. Us, is, uh, yeah. Us, I guess, is worse. When the more I think about it, I don't. I don't know. I think it's okay. I still like. No, I still. That's it, a solid B movie. I mean, if you if you put it with the lens of a if you put it on like watch it with the lens of a get out a, of a Twilight Zone uh, episode. Yeah, no, it's a perfect that, Twilight Zone. That, movie. Yeah, yeah the, it works best like that. Yeah, but like I guess as a standalone film, it's like it, it's okay. Get Out is a stronger film. I think. Yeah, I just say like, Get Out is a much stronger. I film. think writing Get Out. Nails it hundred percent. I think directing wise, Jordan Peele fucking splurged on us. Yeah, no, because there's that, some that, great shit in us. Yeah, no. I definitely agree with that. Okay, uh, there's also the High Republic. The High Republic. It's the new era of Star Wars. Yeah, the new era that they're the uh, book line that they're going to be exploring in Star Wars going forward for the next couple of years. It takes place thousands of years before the events of episode one and it's about how the jedi were the the biggest shit in the world well, is, it, is it, so is this supposed to be before Knights of the old republic i i assume this is supposed to be post kotor yeah i assume this is supposed to be post kotor because like kotor is about the sith rising up and the jedi fighting excuse me fighting each other so it'd be pre-kotor the high, the the high no, republic be, is supposed to be, the high republic is supposed spoilers, to be the Jedi at their height, though, aren't, isn't? Isn't that kind of the idea? Depending on how I, and this is just going off my own brain for a second here. Depending how the Knights of the Kotor ends for you, 
the Jedi are either the top shit and the Sith are dead or the other way around. Kotor isn't really canon, though. That's the thing. It's not really canon yet. Yet, yeah. yeah because no. Revan is definitely part of the canon, but we don't know how he's going to be integrated into that. And he, it's de- that's definitely not... like There's no Kotor project in the cards for this new lineup. There, this, this, it feels like it's post-Kotor, and it's supposed to be you know focusing on new characters, new storylines, and all that. When they first announced High Republic, or when I first saw the report, it was least, called Project Luminous. Well, yeah, the there, there's that. Time. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, th- I, I originally thought that the High Republic is supposed to be like, um, kind of just the era they're going to be exploring in general when it comes to like TV and film for Star Wars and books. Because you know how, like, you know how, like, at least Star Wars as it is right now, we're kind of focused on like that that very broad sixty year period of yeah, like you it's know so annoying of like you know the prequels and the sequels from one to nine. Yeah, from, like, like yeah, you we've don't kind go, of been go, focused on yeah. that for a while, and like I I, I at least I, I first thought that the High Republic is supposed to be kind of like oh here's the new era we're finally going to be exploring for like post film. nine. Yeah, yeah, post nine, just all this shit, which is to be honest. It's not a bad idea at all. If they wanted okay to make movies, if they wanted to make movies from this era of Star Wars, the High Republic, whatever the fuck it ends, ends up going to be, or whatever it's going to end up being, you know, I think there's good opportunity, you know, to explore yeah. bigger stories. I just don't want some obvious prequel bullshit like Jay Quan Jin. Something like that, you know, Jin, or another Jesus. Baby Yoda that you see in like the Baby announcement Yoda's video. Different, though. In that. Baby Yoda is different though. I know. Like uh, Baby Yoda is probably like the the most natural way you can you can uh, reintroduce something that's already Star you, you Wars. You want to know, know what my problem is though with Baby Yoda? The more I think about it, that's one of those Star Wars mysteries that I'm okay with just not exploring. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to fucking know his species yeah, name. I don't want to go to their homeworld. And like, if the Mandalorian kind of keep going the way it's going, it looks like we're gonna get answers. No, but yeah, that's not what it, we. It's definitely the case. I and I'm Baby annoyed Yoda to by die. that. Just get shot. That video is horrible. <laughs> that video is horrifying. There's this, there's a meme uh, video. Uh, it goes on like on Twitter That's a and sick shit. Fuck who made and that shit. video? It's a it's a CG video. It's Baby Yoda. The guy gives him like a candy and then takes the guy away shot the candy. Him in the face. Just fucking shoots him in the face. Yeah, it's bad. No, have you seen the long version? No, there's a long version. It's his body fucking twitching. It's horrifying. It's a sick fucking piece of shit <laughs> that made that video. Jesus fucking Christ! And I don't even give a shit about Baby Yoda that much. But I'm like, this is fucking disturbing. Who makes this shit? <laughs> nah, I like Baby Yoda a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Disney show. I, I I hate what Baby Yoda represents. How about that? <laughs> He's what? a sin. Okay, but hey, at least Baby Yoda is like the one Disney Star Wars thing that everybody has unanimously loved. No, no, I know. I'm, I'm I was just exaggerating there. Yeah, I just yeah. find it. It's the, a sin. Yeah, no, I he, know it's a he, sin. He, yeah. he is a he is an adorable little sin. He's supposed to be an abomination. Yeah, he's, Acqu- a, he's according a cute, to he's according a cute to mistake. Wer- according to Werner Herzog, he's a, he's an abomination. <laughs> I love that he's a Mandalorian. He uh, really is the best actor there in that show. Werner Herzog? Yeah, dude. He's, of course, it's he's Werner so Herzog. <laughs> How are you going to compare? Did you ever yeah. see the interview where he got shot? Werner Herzog got shot in an interview? That's one of, dude, that's one of the, that's like one of the big like bullet points as to why people respect him so much. Oh, okay. You know, he got shot during mid-interview, right? Oh, wow. Like he's, where? Um, I don't know where they were. No, where? Oh, he got in the shot. Body. He got shot like uh, his waist, I think. Oh, fuck. Like literally they're doing the interview. You just hear like a sound and then, hey, what was that? The interviewer shot him? Or no, no, no. Somebody sicko. shot All right. Werner Herzog from afar or something. And in the interview, you see like him reacting, like "What the fuck? What, what happened?" And like he, he didn't even feel it. He barely flinched. Oh my god! He lifted up his shirt. He lifted up his shirt, and there's a shot. There's blood coming out. And you know what he said? It's insignificant. <laughs> I can't believe I've never seen that video, I've dude. Never, I'm, I'm gonna watch it now, dude. It's amazing. That's like when uh, that dude tried to push Arnold. 
And Arnold literally moved an inch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like Arnold like now. Or I don't know how old he is now, like 60 or some shit. But yeah, the High Republic looks interesting. <laughs> they, it's it's just a, a bunch of new original Jedi fighting Werner this Herzog new... Werner Herzog is going to be every character. Yeah, <laughs> fighting this new race that isn't... No, fighting this new like series of antagonists that aren't... They're like bounty hunters or like pirates. They're called. They're described as space pirates. What was that? Have you seen the concept art for it? What was that race? Um, after uh, for um, uh, uh, reign of is it reign of the empire? Um, these on Vaughn or you know what I'm talking about? Say that again. That race. That race in Star Wars right after. Uh, hey, this is part of the uh, Star Wars Legends. Um, that race that attacked right after Episode Six. That he's on Vaughn or I can't remember. It was like talking a very- about like Thrawn's race. I'm not sure. It was like a for it was like a force uh, centric like villain race. Were they like humanoid Wars. people? I don't think so. Okay, I think they were humanoid. I guess like they had like arms and legs, but like they were like, aliens. There is that one guy from the from the Thrawn novels that's like an old wizard dude. I'm pretty sure some Star Wars uh, historians can know what I'm talking about. Probably, yeah. he's on Vaughn or, or something. It has some it's weird definitely name. not Thrawn's race because the 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 reason why Thrawn is so significant is because he's the only person in his race. Honestly, they should have said fucking it and made Taika Waititi Thrawn. <laughs> can you imagine Taika Waititi no. as Thrawn? <laughs> no. And I like Taika Waititi, but I'd rather no, have I mean, someone. It's a fucking who's, joke. No, I'd rather have someone do it seriously. Like Ben Mendelsohn would have been a great Thrawn. We all thought Richard E. Grant was going to be Thrawn. Oh yeah, and then he was just a s- guy, sadistic emperor dude. He's just supposed to be. He, he was just he, last he Jedi. Just, he was just dick hungry for that. No, emperor. no, no. Richard E. Grant was just last Jedi uh, uh, crowd control. That's what it was. Yeah, that's all he was. And dick drunk for Palpatine. Ew. That's a bad sentence. That's Star Wars. Yeah, of it's, Disney, it's coming out in uh, it's coming out in August. Speaking so of, look out for that. Speaking of fucking Disney, Bob Iger's no, down, down, <laughs> no. down. <laughs> He's down. Get him up. Michelle Obama, get down. No, Bob Iger. Bob steps Iger, down. get down. Bob Iger has quit his uh, job as the CEO of Disney. He's gonna be a and chairman. Bob Chappick, who was in charge of the theme parks, is replacing him. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna stick on as like a chairman for until like the end he, of twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. He will have a more creative role in the company until like 2021 2022 and that's that's probably bullshit i i, I honestly i think it, like they probably just they probably just uh well he probably stepped down or i don't know what happened behind the scenes and like i think he's just gonna hold that title and just sit in his in his fucking three billion dollar house Look, until that contract honestly, ends or whatever he picked a good time to leave he he the fox deal for better or for worse worked out successfully Endgame is the biggest highest grossing film of all time uh Frozen Two was a thing, but that's not that's nothing. Oh, Disney Plus launched, which is a massive success in its own right as well. Wasn't that Bob? You could say wasn't that um what? Who who's the new one? Um, Bob Chappick is in charge of the theme parks. He he was behind a lot of like the big Disney deals that's happened uh, this past decade. Well, that makes sense because yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's part of the like, higher ups there. Yeah, 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 like I think that he he had a big uh, he had a big um, uh, a big influence on Disney Plus, the Star Wars deal, the Marvel deal. It's it's interesting, and I'm very I'm very curious to see what's Disney gonna do going forward because this could easily be a Michael Eisner kind of scenario, where you have somebody who makes like some bad decisions and puts Disney in a really bad spot for a couple of years before Iger somebody like Iger comes in to replace them. Because that's one thing that I don't. I, I didn't really know about that much go, uh, looking back into it. You know, Disney was under the tank for a couple of years. Yeah. 
when when Eisner was in his last couple of years as uh, chairman, as CEO. You know, Pixar was about the defect because they hated working with uh, Michael Eisner. They had a weird. They were going to defect and they were going to leave. Pick, I mean, they had uh, a Disney. weird like that whole time period. When, when was that? I would say that's like before 2000. 2010. Sometime before 2010, when Bob Iger steps up in, as CEO. It's weird. They had some bad fails. They 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 were going through some rough times during those last couple of um, years under Eisner, and with Bob Chapek. Look, I'm not saying that he's responsible for it, but like Galaxy's Edge is not the big success that people are trying to make it out to be. It was really wasn't. People weren't was even it? going. People people were. Dude, when Galaxy's Edge opened, you should have seen the uh, the videos from the first couple of months. Nobody was there. And you could do nothing in it because there was like one little ride. Are in you the sure bar. about that? I am very sure about that. I don't know because everything I've seen from Galaxy's Edge that that Galaxy's shit's packed Edge looks all like the it's time. going. It's it's gotten a little bit better now because they have some more stuff yeah, to do. Yeah, but ever since ever since it's open, it's been packed like everything. You can't get on any single ride. You can't do anything. You have to get there like three hours before to actually do something. I would in say that's Edge. the case now, but like I I talk to friends and I talk to like people who you know work at Disney. They told me that like it wasn't working out for them those first couple of months when they opened. Like, I, this is only going from Orlando, right? Call now. me then call me ignorant because like for everything I've seen from like from Galaxy's Edge and like yeah. from the people that have actually been to Galaxy's Edge, they told me like bro, it's packed. It's yeah, slammed. same here. Everybody goes. Everybody like goes to Galaxy's Edge and like everything else is just empty. Almost same here. For those couple of months, I would hear stories that like people would just walk around. There was nothing to do. People were barely there. There was that one ride in the Millennium Falcon, and then you could make a little lightsaber that cost like. Eight hundred dollars, and then you would go to the bar, and then that's it. It's like three big things you could do in that, and then there's the gift shop, which obviously you know that's important. I mean, but still, it, but like what well, I mean, like but Galaxy's Edge was kind of marketed that way though. From the get go, you kind of knew already what you were getting, you know, and like the whole point of Galaxy's Edge is that not only just like the actual like rides and everything, but just actually being in a canonical air, air, air quotes Star Wars type story, which could work, but like. It's more about the experience and everything, you know? If you don't have any, like, big attraction rides, what's also the point? I mean, Millennium Falcon, that's a big one. It's only one, though. It just started. And I'm saying saying when it started. But now we have another one. We have Rise of the Resistance, which has been a big success. Yeah, yeah, that's new. But, like... I'm just comparing from, like, point one to point I can't. I mean, I can't call you... point one to point two. I can't call you wrong or anything, because everything I've... Like, everything from I heard, everything I've heard, it kind of goes against everything you're saying right now, because, again, like, Galaxy's Edge was... Well... From what I've heard, again, uh, again, it's a big hit. Uh, we have I have a friend who works at Universal. Well, she used to work at Universal. She um, she 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 said that like, oh, you know, it's not as big here in Universal right now. Ever since Galaxy Edge has come out, because it's just been flooded. Everybody that's going to Orlando is going to see Star Wars Land. You know, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. I mean, again, they I haven't were- been to Star Wars Star Wars uh, Land or Galaxy's Edge currently, but from everything covered, I've heard, it's been yeah. it's been somewhat successful. I it, I I can say that it's definitely successful now, but when it launched like around last summer, sometime around last summer, I was I was seeing those reports. And I was talking to friends, and it was not. <laughs> good it wasn't looking good. i didn't see any reports of the thing yeah no like that, that was one of the things where they, bob Iger said that one of the faults in one of their quarterly reports was that fox was failing as a studio with their stuff because this is around the time the dark phoenix came out which they're not wrong 
But when you look at some of the stuff that they were reporting, the biggest failure that was coming out of it was just how, like, not a lot of people were going to Galaxy's Edge. And this could mostly probably just be from, like, California, because that opened before uh, Orlando. But it wasn't looking like it was the big success that they wanted it to be. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly referencing Orlando. Yeah. Because, like, in my mind, I guess, in my Florida mind, that's, like, the only Disney that matters. It, it's same to me. You know? That, that's, and I'm, I guess I'm a lot of people do agree with that. Because, like, Disney World is the Disney attraction, you yeah. know, even more so than Disneyland. It, even though I've never been to Disneyland, I want to check it out. But, you know, I Disney World's my Guardians thing. ride. Yeah, I heard that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're doing, like, a Marvel Land there, I think, too. Um, I know I know they're doing a Marvel, like, international they don't have Marvel attraction world, though. Not yet. That no. Whoa, whoa, that. yeah. <laughs> They'll sorry. buy Nintendo. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, they can do that. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, uh, Nintendo Land's supposed to be Universal. Yeah. What was it? Epic Islands or Epic Adventure? Epic, Epic Land. Epic Universe. Epic their Universe. Thing. There you it's go. that. I I assume they're probably doing the horror, um, the Universal Monster stuff too. That's supposed to be going to be their own segmented thing. Like a whole like that'd be area sick. like land. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. Honestly, I'm surprised they haven't done like a. And also it, stuff based on Jurassic World. I'm surprised they haven't done like another Jaws ride, to be honest. Jaws closed down, d- didn't they? Yeah, yo, years ago. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised I, they I'm didn't surprised. attempt it. I mean, like, it, it makes sense because I don't know if you heard like the horror stories or what, like, they had for like Jaws. No, yeah, it was bad. Like, like Jaws was like what was one of those rides that like only worked like three times out of the thousand it was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> Yet they closed Back to the Future before. Which is I know, you know I, I regret that I, never, I love that ride I never got on Back to the Future really yep Back never. to the Future the ride I never got on it, Back to the Future and so I never fun. got on King Kong I haven't been on King Kong either I um I haven't I, been on that I one. heard King Kong was fun but like I, when is that I was a roller kid, coaster or is that one of those other three I think it was a roller rides. coaster I don't know but when I was a kid and we used to go to Universal I'd get scared. <laughs> And, and it'd Wait, just be like my dad and my brother to go on the King Kong ride. But Kong came out, like, that came out recently. Like, a few years King ago. King Kong. Like, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, there's a new Kong ride that came out, like, as talking, a couple well, years ago. I'm talking ago. about the old one. I'm talking about, like, the old, like, classic King Kong ride. Oh, like, a black and white King Kong no, ride? not the black and white. Uh, no, it, it was for the Peter, Peter Jackson ja- Kong ride that's open now. Are you talking about that one? Are I you sure they probably it's just open? Because it? I'm positive that's closed. No, that's it's still on. <laughs> All right. I, when we went to Grad Bash a couple weeks ago, that was definitely there. Pull it. Wait, you went to Grad Bash a few weeks ago? What? No, sorry. A few years ago. Oh, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. I got my GED. No. Um, but yeah, Bob Iger. He, it, it, it's not like he didn't do anything bad. He did a lot of successful things for his company. So, yeah. Pretty makes sure. sense. Take care, you smart fucking rich person. Motherfucker. Okay, Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> okay, I, you, all right, you would. We cannot make the money that mo- that guy makes <laughs> in our lifetimes. It would be um, sweet, but my God, what's that King Kong? Oh, he's also considering a run for presidency. Wait, which, who? No, Bob Iger. What? Yeah, that that's something he mentioned in his book, and I'm like, ah, cool. Another Blumberg. I don't. <laughs> I I like. I need more, but yeah. Um Congratulations to Bob Iger for being really successful at what he does. So, um, I'm on crack. Hold up. What? <laughs> okay, so Skull Island yeah, was yeah. originally Skull Island was originally it was originally based on the 2005 King Kong film, and then it it reopened again. Oh, or, okay. or it opened again for like it started opening again like uh, in 2016. That's when the soft opening date started happening. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. But oh, it, I didn't know that was always a ride there then. 
Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, when, I, when, I when I saw the marketing for it, I thought they were, they were opening a new 2005 Kong ride, which I'm like, that's a little bit late. It was, have a new Kong it was originally out. a 2005 King Kong ride, though. It is still. Yeah. It's not based off the Vogue Roberts uh, Skull Island thing. Why is it called Skull Island Reign of Kong, then? Because Skull Island's the place that all the Kong Oh, yeah, go I know, to. but yeah. like... Yeah, no. According according to this, like the Islands of Adventure, right, that's still that's based on the 2005 one, and then they were doing soft openings in 2016. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. Um, Spielberg is Fuck not going then. to direct Indiana Jones five, and James Mangold is in talks to replace him. That's crazy. And I mean, okay, somebody said it on Twitter, and what they said does make sense, even though it's kind of contra- kind of contradictory to what Spielberg has actually been doing. Uh, well, he's on like, his last legs as yeah, a director as a director and he that. should make stuff that is more like important to him yeah but then he's making Ready Player One in the BFG yeah. which kind of which hey that might have been really Wait, big did he make something after Ready Player One or Wait. was it the post that was well, right before what I, the last few films that he made that I remember is Ready Player One BFG The Bridge Post of Spies, and Bridge post. of Spies those are the last four I remember that which he made which two out of those four are pretty good they're all right. I, I heard the post is terrible. I I, th- I thought the post was fine. Bridge of Spies is okay. Bridge of Spies I like. Um, that's even though I feel like Coen Bridge of Spies script. is like the most dad movie ever. It's a Coen Brothers script. That's the thing. It's that's da- what really elevates. It. It's a dad movie. Yeah, no, but it, it's written from the it, the Coen Brothers wrote it. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was oh, just I, saying. I thought you were calling me wrong there. I'm no, like, no, no. Yeah. It's a dad movie. Yeah. Why? Why? Just because Coen Brothers can't make dad movies? Uh, they can make good dad movies, huh? And they can make you feel bad about life too. What other Coen Brothers movie would you consider a dad movie? To an extent, Big Lebowski. Nah, it's a stoner movie, bro. Yeah, but it's something I could watch with my dad and we could laugh at. Yeah, but I mean like dad movies in the sense, like what's a 4 Reese Ferrari type of uh, um, Corn Brothers movie? It's not much. Close thing we have is like Bridge of Spies. No country for old men. (laughs) Honestly, that's not... Honestly... That's the kind of movie I'd see like forty year old dads be like, "That's a film. That's a movie." Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm actually confident in that. Yeah, Cormac McCarthy speaks to people who are close to death. Hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. A lot of his stories are like that. I don't. I don't. I know. A nothing. lot of his stories are like. I, mean, are, I know are, nothing are, are about just him. Base mortality. That the road. That's right. He did write the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that fucking Ridley Scott movie. That's horrible. The accountant. No, not the accountant. What's that fucking the souvenir? No. The one where Brad Pitt the and Cameron Diaz, the counselor, yeah, where Cameron Diaz masturbates on top of a car. Yeah. 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 Uh, Javier Bardem was in that movie. Yeah, he was. Spielberg, not directing any five. Honestly, I kind of think that's a good choice. No, it's a great choice. It's okay. It's, like- it's kind of sad, though, because like, wow. This is this was his baby. He directed all of them. We didn't put and this he gave in the sh- more care about it than George Lucas ever did. We didn't put well, this in the Lucas show notes. Did care about it? We didn't obviously. put this in the show notes for Star Wars, but um, it's also confirmed that Robert Rodriguez and James Mangold are coming to the Mandalorian to direct some episodes. Oh yeah, season two. I, I, I'm I'm surprised that's actually official. That's yeah. crazy. Which which hey James, I mean James Mangold, you could tell he's been wanting to do a uh, 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 well, Star he Wars. In, he was thing. in talks to direct Boba Fett. Yeah, before and then that, got eventually turned that, into the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> um, I hey, I, I think James Mangold is a fantastic choice. James Mangold is one of I, I, I think he's one of like the most he he um he's one of the most uh reliable he's, directors working. He is a you know? fantastic journeyman director. That's the term they use for it. Like Ron Howard, how he could kind of flow like sure. like effortlessly Never heard of that term, journeyman into, director. Yeah, he, he, like a director who could effortlessly go into a multiple genres and do a good film out of them. Like there's the him, could have been there's Brad Bird. Doug Lyman. <laughs> nah, Brad Bird, Brad Bird more is more of an action director. 
if I'm being honest. Fuck Brad Bird. Brad, no. I love him, but... Oh, Brad Bird's great. Piece of shit. <laughs> I think Mangold's a great choice for this. Hack! I'm kidding. But I don't, I don't want Harrison Ford back. Huh? I would rather have a new indie. If you're going to have a new director and a new vision behind this, might as well just get a new indie. See, I don't know. I don't really agree with that. Because, like, the same argument could be made for, like, Han Solo, where Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Yes. Indie, like... But the thing with, like, Star Wars is, like, Han Solo is alive outside of Harrison Ford, you know? But here's the thing. Where, like, you, you really, we really don't have any other indie besides uh, River Harrison. Well, we had. We yeah. had, yeah. But that, like... And that kid who was in the TV show. But that it, doesn't really It was, count. like, that, that, the young indie series. The young indie adventures. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I never watched that, but... Um, it was all right. Um, see, Han Solo is, like, different because, again, he does live out of the films, and he does have a mega presence But he's also different that. in the sense that Han Solo doesn't jump around and fucking crack whips and stuff. And he doesn't... Like, there's a lot more physical action That's that true. needs to be done. I mean, but mo- movie like magic, Indy. you know. Yeah, it's but movie magic got me Crystal Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Remember that shit? That's Spielberg's fault, though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real with here. I'm sure if Mangold's really going to direct this, he can make it work. No, yeah. I feel like if there's anyone to direct a fucking Indiana Jones movie, James Mangold is like the right choice. Yeah. You know, he he does he not only is he is he like is he well versed in like just like, you know, the directing, you know, and how, action. How, and like in action, he also uses like practical effects like to like to a large extent, you know. Like he doesn't he's not the he's not the CGI heavy like, you know, fucker. Uh, like that, that the Spielberg is, you know. Well, no, he could make that work though, because Wolverine's a very CG heavy movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like he could make it. Like, like that's not his his forte, but he he could definitely make it work better than I'd say Spielberg could. You know, I'm interested to see what Spielberg's doing next. Because why don't we get JJ Abrams for an indie movie? Indy five, JJ Abrams. I'm kidding. Sure, it's I'd love to see Indy one. Um, but Spielberg, Spielberg's doing his remake of West Side Story coming out this year. And I think he's supposed to do a couple other films. Uh, yes, they're doing things he cares about. He cares a lot about that. Uh, he does actually care a lot about West Side Story. He's been wanting to make that forever. Yeah, his priorities are so weird to well, me. West Side Story is one of the best musicals out there. Sure. Well, let's cast Santo Elgrad as a Puerto Rican. Uh, no, that's as a not. Puerto Rican, that, I was uh, wrong yeah. about that. <laughs> he's that... T- Tony Tony's not Puerto Rican. The person he uh, Ansel Eggert's playing is not um that that makes Was he originally that fits. I, I never fully saw West Side Story is like Tony is not Tony is not is a um, character Puerto Rican. The, I don't think the character is Puerto Rican. I think the gang that he's against and um uh, Maria they're all Puerto Rican. Oh, so it's racist. They're all Hispanic. So it's racist. Yes, <laughs> it's a race war. West Side Story is a race war. Honestly, is it? I don't know. Yes. I, I really don't know. Yes. It is, right? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, okay, fuck, okay. Look, like it's Spielberg. You know, he Spielberg. Yeah, he's like, I think he's the most recognized director ever. Genuinely, I'm, I'm sure he could make it work. I'm more interested in the, also, in the Heights adaptation. He's also the instead. only director that that like every Cuban knows. It's Steven Spielberg. Do I see Steven Spielberg? Oh no! <laughs> I saw that. It's true. You're right. It's true. Every Eli time- Roth is directing a Borderlands <laughs> movie. Next, I honestly can see that though. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of can. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, Rob, I Isn't think he's good. done a, no, I, he's gotten a little bit better. Have you seen that House of, with a Clock in Its Walls movie? I heard it's bad. Really? I heard it's really bad. I thought it was all right. It's you okay. It? Yeah. Really? Yeah. When? What? You didn't tell me. It was just on on Cinemax one day and I just caught it while I was doing laundry. It's okay. It's an old school kind of like Monster House riff. 
I don't really trust the More in the sense of goosebumps too. <laughs> Even though I love uh, Cabin Fever, I fucking love Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever is okay. They're, 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 I don't care for Hostile. <laughs> oh, I really like Planet Hostel. Terror. I like. Uh, yeah, but Planet Terror, he did. He only oh, wait, directed. Oh no, I saw Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, what am no. I talking about? I think no. If you're talking about Grindhouse, he directed some of the trailers. He in directed Grindhouse. Thanksgiving. It's a good. That's a good trailer. Thanksgiving. <laughs> he directed. Yeah, no, he he directed some of those trailers, and he directs like he also directed the. What's that? Uh, do you remember the little short film in Inglorious Bastards? Um, Pride of a Nation. Yeah, yeah, the Nazi he, movie. Yeah, he directed movie. that. Yeah, which is hilarious. So I don't know if you remember, crazy. like in the movie, there's a shot where um, Daniel Brühl carves a perfect swastika into the yeah. into the board, <laughs> and it's like it's like chiseled, detailed, like. But he, he but he only did it with his knife because it came out perfect. God. I don't give a fuck about Borderlands. I'll be honest. I, I don't care about I the do games. I, I think it's one of the most cringiest franchises to have come out from the video games. I don't think it. I, I, I never I got like, into them. And the Telltale series are the, the is the best thing out of that whole thing. And it's not even like a... It's not even a Borderlands thing where it's trying to explicitly be like Borderlands in tone. Why make a Telltale spinoff, though, if like the whole point of Borderlands is supposed to be a grind-heavy... It's, it's like a grind-heavy... Best, no, that was know? their challenge, and they were able to make it work. Yeah. Tales from the Borderlands is a really good, um, really good game. I never played it. I, it's the best. I, I'd argue it's probably the best Telltale game, even though Wolf Among Us does exist. Yeah. I don't know, man. Season one of Walking Dead is still raining on yeah, top of me. But Wolf Among Us, though, <laughs> that's a good no, Wolf one. Wolf Among Us is great. Don't get me wrong. Like especially for like something like that's more original, even though it's based off something else. It's based off the fables. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Story. It's still yeah. it's great, but like season one for The Walking Dead kind of just hit me at the right time. I was really young it, when that came out. Same with me. Same with me as well. It's just super emotional. Everything it about is. It, you know. I just haven't. I'm I'm thinking in terms of like the. Hmm. I'm thinking in terms of everything else that came afterwards. Sure. With like the rec- the other seasons of Walking Dead following that, but that's not. Nah, I, I wonder. The, I also have like the Batman bias too. I really like the Batman's Telltale okay, Batman. Batman's okay, but it's not series. my favorite. I really like it a lot. I I think it's fine. I I think the supporting characters are better. But then again, I have the bat bias. So yeah. The bat bias. I'm not biased with anything in this world unless it's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently this is actually Which going we'll to be get a thing. Into in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Apparently this is actually going to be a thing. So I wonder. I hope Eli Roth is able to make a crazy weird hey, movie uh, out of it. Paul W. Anderson is making a fucking Monster Hunter movie. Paul so. W. S. Anderson. W. S. Anderson. Yes, sorry. Yes, he's making Monster Hunter with Mia. Mia with his wife. Jovovich. Jovovich. Yeah. And who else is it? Tony Jaw is in that. Yeah. Who the Monster Hunter thing? Yeah, in that Who Monster cares? Hunter movie. They dropped the posters and they look bad. They do. Have you not seen the test footage? No. It's a fucking Rathalos in the middle of a strip mall. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, bad. Yeah, it's supposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's supposed to. This Monster Hunter movie is supposed to be like the Monster Hunter is like somebody goes back through time or somebody. It's like a inter. It's like an interdimensional thing. Yeah. Start raiding the modern world or something. I don't know. Yeah. So um, it's probably gonna be bad. It's most likely gonna be bad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. At least, he, at least he has a, at least he has a thing he could stick to. At least, he, yeah. Know? At least he knows he makes schlock. Well, okay. There's some good don't, schlock he makes. Don't though. fucking tell me no, the Resident no, no, Evil no. movies are good. They're all fucking terrible. I haven't seen the Resident Evil movies. They're all terrible. I'm defending Mortal Kombat and that Death Race remake he made a couple years ago with Jason Statham. Okay, I like Death Race. That was good. I like Death Race. That was that's a good true. movie. That was a good movie. And that's basically Twisted Metal. If they ever make a Twisted Metal movie, Death Race is the good Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah well Battle uh, Royale is technically the good 100 games but like Ben Affleck opens up about leaving Batman 
So there was a couple of interviews that came out of this. He I mean, gave like two different answers. Okay, but there's not the, the whole like Ben Aff- There's not much to it. He really just said like, yeah, Rob Patterson's gonna be great. Rob's gonna be great. That's Rob's Batman. gonna be great. But then obviously they asked him, but what happened to you? And aside from you know, talking, okay, I was yeah, having two separate interviews. Yeah, yeah. And aside from you know the one that the answer that we all know where he was having really bad drinking problems and he had to go to rehab. And it was taking a toll on his life. He just, he, he straight up said it like he wasn't feeling comfortable doing that anymore. He elaborated. He's like, he gave a friend of his the script and his friend told him it's a great script. But if you do this, you're, if the same thing happens again, you're going to drink yourself to death. Yeah. And like, which is fucking dark. I mean, man. it was, that's it's the thing sad. you need to hear. Yeah. If you're, I, I obviously I'm not, I'm not fucking Ben Affleck. I don't know the fucking, I don't know fucking his life. Obviously. Mountains of stress he went under during the whole WB fucking Justice League thing. Wasn't he going through a divorce? Yeah, with Jennifer Gardner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, right in be- like I think right after BVS he was going through a divorce with her, and then not only that, everything that started happening was like Snyder and WB, and then you know Josh Sweden came in. Yeah. And you could tell, like, I mean, you could tell just from his performance in Justice League, he just didn't want to be there anymore. No, oh, no, it, it's oh, sad. Yeah, and like, like you could tell he was he was putting on some weight because of the, the drinking was really heavy. No, yeah, like, yeah. I remember seeing those photos when they were coming out. Like, yeah, he was he was getting bigger. Yeah, and like, you know? yeah, like fuck, like, like, uh, you know, if you've been hearing since we started, you know, like, we both love Baffleck. I think it's one of the. I, I think it's a really great performance that's in put BBS. under really shitty in circumstances. BBS. Justice League was bad. <laughs> I think but, he's okay in in Justice League, but uh, I'm saying like nah. his Batman is a good Batman. It's just put under a really shitty situation. Yeah, I mean, where the movies are bad. I agree with like. Baffleck's portrayal in BVS to an extent, you know, I still don't. I still think the murdering people is still like. Yeah, he's a bit psychotic. Yeah, but like that's kind of just Snyder spin on it. I'd say more Frank Miller's, where like Snyder just trying to. Nah, Snyder, that's definitely Snyder. That's you Snyder. That's you don't remember that's when Snyder, Snyder went off to be Frank Miller. No, you don't remember when Snyder went off in that fucking in that interview. Where he's like, yeah, Batman kills <laughs> you, sheep. Get over it, you sheep. Like, like, like oh, you're like super aggressive, like of over that shit. You read and ran. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I feel like, I uh, like, I, I feel like Zack Snyder really did. Like, I wouldn't say he ruined Just Sling or he ruined the DC or anything, but like, I some of his never, decisions it was never the smartest thing to have one director be in charge of the entire universe look, the the entire look and feel of the universe. They just yeah. gave, I mean, they just gave, it, it goes they back gave to the too whole, much like, control. It, gave, it goes back to, like, the whole, like, Star Wars thing where, like, the studio really didn't know where it was going and they were kind of just, like, letting someone take over, which could work with Kevin Feige. Like, for example, with Kevin Feige, that does work, but the thing with Kevin Feige is he's that... A, he's a producer and exactly. he's able to work behind the scenes he's with the, people. He's the showrunner of the MCU, that's what it a is. A producer is you know? different from a director. Yeah. Where they're fucking mind view is going to like put be put throughout the whole entire movie the entire universe which or was in the case of or whatever a, a franchise yes yeah. in the, which was in the case of snyder and obviously that didn't work well, you know? well, well, well the reason we why don't they, talk about look, this much but bvs is one of the, like we're gonna look back at this 20 years from now we're looking at back at it now bvs is the one of the biggest box office failures of all time yeah how the fuck are you going to mess up a movie where you have Batman and Superman both in the title starring in it and it fails? It doesn't even make a mil- like a billion. I look, I'm going to I'm not obviously pointing fingers doesn't help anybody, but I'm not going to be like WB ruined it, Josh Sweden ruined. Well, no, B, we're talking about VVS. Ignore just like I I'd yeah, say I'm not going to say I, WB no, ruined it. I'm not going to say Snyder ruined it. I will say that WB did ruin it. I I'd because say, they made decisions that they could have easily have 
put more time into and they could have they 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 were too reactionary they, no they they uh, no they i agree they botched, they, they botched the original cut they 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 recut the they recut bvs they made it less coherent than what the ultimate cut was Zack Snyder's original but then again, vision. It's a three-hour fucking movie. How how are you going to make that coherent to a mainstream audience? That's insane. That's what I'm that's saying. That's also in part of yeah, Snyder. That's what I'm saying. I that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like what happened with BVS is entirely WB's fault because Snyder really did kind of just he was carrying too many eggs, you know. And like yeah, and like he he would. But I'd say it's his WB's ambitions fault were too because high. They did give him too many eggs. Exactly, that's the thing. Exactly, that, that's their fault in the beginning. His ambitions in, were the too place. high, and they gave him and they gave him enough free reign to make those decisions and write out that story, and that kind of failed. Also, fuck um, fuck this guy who wrote Argo, <laughs> Chris Dario. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, fuck Chris Dario. Um, yeah, that was Argo was definitely a fluke there. But um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's sad because like you know I, I I'm gonna miss Ben Affleck as Batman. I am. It'd be sweet to have a the back. only time. I ever you know? see, I would ever but see, but I'm happy to see that Ben Affleck would be. You know, I I want him to be okay rather than being Batman. I mean, this next know? movie he did, it's literally the with the back. W- it, it definitely feels like that's like. I mean, you know, him like the recovery. WB leftovers, right? Because it's Ben Affleck and it's also fucking um, uh, Gavin O'Connor. Remember, he was going to do Suicide Squad too. That's right. Yeah, it really is the WB leftovers making this movie, which is hey, they're making a more personal movie, and I'm, I'm sure Ben Affleck wants to make this, which is. Fucking as an art as an artist, you should be able to do, make whatever you want. You know? I hope for Ben Affleck that that movie is good. Yeah, that that movie like yeah. is successful. He, I know? mean, he's and, set to direct another movie soon, huh? He's set to direct another movie soon. Yeah, I hope I hope that gets uh, speed tracked. Yeah, if yeah. This I movie mean, works, I, you know, I I I think Ben Affleck. You know, it's he was he was my Batman for a while, but hey. I'm happy with where we are with like Robert Pattinson. I'm happy Ben yeah. Affleck isn't doing something that's going to kill him. He, he's a very talented person, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, he, he's Reeves, a person. Matt, just Reeves, like a, Matt Reeves fired Ben Affleck. That's really dumb. Matt Reeves Judas. You're, Matt you're, Reeves uh, is ruining WB. Fuck WB. It's fucking dumb. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm Ben Affleck. I don't want to do this. It almost killed me. Ben Affleck. We want Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck, guys. I literally almost died. Ben Affleck, we want you. Like... No. Fucking idiots. It's fucking idiots. When you're on the internet for a long time, you make a podcast. Oh! Like us. Oh, that hurt. There's a friend's reunion. Or you're just an coming idiot. to HBO Max. Yeah, that's it's finally official now. They were able to pay up the cast as much money as they wanted, uh, and now they're doing a reunion, on, uh, an off-script reunion special on I'll Friends. Be honest, launching I, on HBO Max in May. Want to be honest? I don't think Friends is good. Yeah, no, I don't. I've never given a shit about it. Yeah, I've I talked think, about this many times before. I think Friends is one of the most overrated. The only reason shows. why I have this there is because oh, cool, HBO Max is definitely going to get some clout when it gets when it launches later this year. And HBO Max has has I think HBO Max has like the biggest chance of like being very competitive with Netflix. Oh yeah, definitely. Like. Even Definitely. more so than like Disney Plus. Yeah, because it, it, it's a broader audience yeah. that you're attracting there. You know, same with uh, what whatever Viacom CBS might be doing. You know? With like Netflix, when's that supposed to happen? By the way, I don't know. I don't know. A friend of them, a friend of mine asked me, but like that's that's just something that's definitely in the early cards right now. They haven't put in any specific. There's not even a. I don't think there's an actual name yet. You know what's fucking ridiculous? For it. That we can't watch Avatar on any streaming service. The last Airbender. Yeah, but you could buy the Blu-ray set. Yeah, you could buy the Blu-ray for like twenty bucks. You know you can, but like it's twenty right now. It it was low. It was low. It was bundled with Cora for like thirty dollars on Amazon like a while ago. I know my friend Santi isn't listening, but Santi, uh, Avatar: Last Airbender is a good show. No, he loves Avatar. 
And he told me to and watch. I heard Korra. Korra is even better. He which told me is to like, watch Korra. Wow. He told me to watch Korra before Avatar, then rewatch Avatar. But no, what? Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. Fucking crazy. I don't know. I'm gonna. Yeah, Santi, fuck you. Um, Korra is after Avatar. Yeah, I don't know why he told me to re- to watch Korra first. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you can't. You can. You can't watch Avatar on any streaming service. Oh, I mean, you could like. <laughs> Rent it. I sorry, I burped. You can uh-huh. rent it, yeah, but it's not. It's it's not on Netflix. It's not on the like. It's not on Quibi. I'm very worried about that Quibi bullshit. By the way, I don't like it. Let's not talk about Quibi. I don't like no, it. No, trust me. Trust me. Let's Why? not talk about Quibi. Trust me. Trust me. Anyway, all right. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Off air. Um, it's thirty two bucks right now. Ah, see. Yeah, no, but it, but it was like twenty something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was bundled with Cora. And look, look, how much is Cora right now? Twenty dollars on Blu-ray. Oh no, thirty-two. <laughs> but sixteen used the new from nineteen dollars and seventy-four cents, plus shipping and handling. I see limited edition one. I haven't seen the limited edition. We're on Amazon right I now. I assume it's a steelbook. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a steelbook. Oh, that's sick. Earth. Oh, wind. that's. I've sick. seen this one before. Yeah, Earth. Wind, oh no, it's supposed. Oh, water. it's supposed to be three different steelbooks. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking sick. Wait, but that show was five seasons, wasn't it? It was no, it was three. Was it three? It was Earth, Wind, and Fire. No, but it's based on books. Huh? They they divide it into books. Book like, one, book two, book three. I thought it was a book four and five. No, 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 no. It was literally just with the elements. We gotta keep going because I gotta I, I have I gotta go help out in the house. Um but yeah, friends, yeah, cool. I don't care. Uh GDC. 2020 is being delayed due to coronavirus. Yes. So um, this was actually one of the weirder stories coming out from the last couple of days where you would just sleep. It, it started off with Sony dropping out and you're like, OK, that makes sense. And they cited the coronavirus as as um, as the reason why they're dropping out. They were going we'll to bring fine. out. They were they were supposed to bring out the first exclusive demo for Last of Us 2 and um, Final Fantasy 7 remake. But they dropped out due to those concerns. And then. Uh, EA and um, and a bunch of other game companies started leaving and then it went up to a point where like nobody's really gonna be there so GDC like the people behind GDC just said fuck it we're just gonna cancel it for right now we're postponing it and we're gonna try to do it later on in the summer because this is definitely it's it's better to be safe than sorry at I this mean, point um, there was also what film production stalled because of the coronavirus They're Mission Impossible f- 7 yeah because they yeah. were shooting in Italy in Italy yeah, yeah. And, there, and there's coronavirus concerns over there um, everything's going on with the coronavirus is like it's pretty wild don't get me wrong it, it, I, I think it's I know, gotten I know, more I, I think it's gotten before. more serious and more like evident now I know, and I'm not joking, saying look, this look. obviously because these game companies are dropping out of this big event but like you're you're seeing cases everywhere now I like I'm not, I'm not I know I was joking before which was a joke, by the way. Yes. Um, the whole coronavirus thing, thing like it's very, it, it 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 does become concerning when you start seeing like whole fucking corporate companies literally like moving around years of planning just for. Not just for, but like for what's going on right now. Like yeah. it, it is pretty concerning. When, you like know. Sony made sense, and then when you see Microsoft dropping out, and I think Nintendo did as well. I'm like, okay, th- there's something really going on here. Then you know. Which is obviously, it's not the best scenario. That's not the best, like, you know, example when you're thinking about how serious an outbreak could be. Because there are actual, like, there's cases already here in the U.S. I I read one in, uh, that there's one in Ohio right now. They stopped. And uh, some in California. They stopped, what, airline travels from China? Yes. Or to China? I I I got a university email about that. There's, like, no travel to, like, Iran, China. 
some other places around there. Like the eastern side of the world. Like even studying studying abroad semesters have been canceled temp- yeah. uh, at this moment due to these concerns. Yeah, it's it's really bad, you know. And all we could really say is, you know, stay safe out there. Yeah. Wash your wear, fucking hands. Wear your masks. Wear your mask. Wash your fucking hands. Quarantine. Wash your fucking hands. Mad you don't suits. understand why. Why the fuck does nobody okay, okay, wash hey, their hands? Okay, okay, down, come down, come down. I'm, I'm, I'm we're sorry. We're in Miami. We're that's fine. Just a, no, that's we're a fine. problem I have. Hey, we're in Florida. You know that GIF? Why of, does anybody touch yeah. their crotch you know and then that not GIF? put some fucking Purell? You know that, that, that GIF <laughs> of uh, Bugs Bunny cutting off Florida? Yeah, Make it, yeah, it's gonna be us. That's bad. Us with yeah. the saw, just. <laughs> but hey, yeah, I mean, that is pretty wild, though. Yeah, it, everything that's happening. It's, it's that, just like yeah, the, the film production is being stalled. It's very unfortunate, and you know, hopefully we could find a solution to this soon. You know, even though I heard I, I was listening to an NPR politics podcast, where, uh, like I, th- I think one of their weekly roundups, where they brought in uh, one of the, they brought in an economics uh, reporter. That was talking about like how the coronavirus is affecting all this, and somebody made a mention that like a vaccine could probably be in the works, like for wide distribution I know sometime affects, by next it year. Affects mo- I'm like it, that's fucking crazy. The people it affects the most are people with weaker immune systems. Yeah, mm. and from what I and this is an this is from an early report I was reading from the New York Times that it's also people who are older, like past like forty or fifty. Yeah, kids and elderly people. Yeah. Well, I've heard there were some cases with children and like young adults, like people and like people our age that have been getting better. You know, I mean, that have been infected, but they me. haven't they haven't died. You know, it's Medicine's it's a beautiful it's, thing, guys. It's, yeah, it, God, I let, let's hope for something good soon. Yeah. You know, it, it's really bad. Uh, new it, Samurai Jack game. Yeah, I don't know how to transition into that. I mean, there, there's a new Samurai Jack game coming out this year. Battle look, through time. Looks okay. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, looks yeah. fun. Yeah. Adult um, Swim games, then um, I kind of wish it was two D though. I I get that, but I kind of like the whole DMC, uh, like Platinum Games clone aesthetic that they're going with, where it's just a slash through. I just hope it's not like that. That remember that TMNT uh, beat 'em up game that came out and nobody played. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be like that. I hope not. Adult Swim games have been pretty good with their stuff. Did you ever play um, Rainbow Unicorn Attack? Not that one. That's the, a good one. My Little Bastard. The Doctor game. The Doctor Surgeon game. Yeah, Doctor that was Surgeon. Fun. I, I was obsessed with that back when, like, an, back when I had like an iPod Touch when I was I a liked, kid. I liked My Little Bastard a lot. I always saw the commercial for that, but I never... Yeah. It's like, My Little Bastard. And then you like throw like... It, it, it's like a little slime and you like punch it or some shit. There's <laughs> a trailer. You can yeah. watch it. You're gonna... You, um, it's coming out on all systems, I believe. <coughs> yes. Um, yeah. PS4, Xbox, Switch. Uh, if I do get it, it'll probably be on Switch. Yeah. Um, Steam. If you want to watch the trailer, go ahead. You know, it shows you a good amount of the game gameplay. It's not like it's not like those bullshit CG trailers it where like it shows those, you nothing. Um, yeah. Thank God. It looks like one of those what what uh, those Muso games where it's just like a horde of enemies and you just like slash your way through them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Looks cool. If and fan, we haven't had a Samurai, Samurai Jack, Jack game in yeah. a while, too. When was the last one we had? I don't Probably think like 2000. I don't think I've... I, I, I haven't played a Samurai Jack game. Neither have I. But there's been... There was one that came out like years and years ago. Um, there's the free PS Plus games for this coming month in March. Yes, sir. And yeah. it's Shadow of the Colossus, the remake from Blue Point Games, yeah, which yeah. is a very good game. 
and a very good remake and Sonic Forces. Yeah. So, uh, yay. Um, <laughs> I heard it, that one's not great. Today's the last day. If Today's the last day if you want to get Sims 4 and Bioshock the collection, which I probably will. Was lo- that for this month? Yeah. Fuck, really? Uh, I'm going to log in after we finish recording. I'm going to log in back into PSN just so I can download Bioshock. And oh. I'm going to download Sims 4 too. Just okay. Because- I was going to say, are you a Sims guy? Huh? Are you a Sims guy? Uh, My brother's I, really into Sims. I used to like Sims a lot. Back when I was back when I was uh, smaller, I used to really enjoy Sims. My girlfriend loves Sims. You know you can put Baby Yoda in Sims. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, okay, cool. What is he? A, a lamp? It's just I don't know. It's just Baby Yoda. Does it move around? Baby is it alive? Yoda, baby, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, baby, Um, baby. Yeah, PSN games. Uh, This is is probably the biggest comic book news from the last couple of weeks. But uh, Dan Didio, the chief creative officer of DC Comics. No, sorry. One of the publishers of DC Comics. Huge DC Comics name. Just a huge huge name in the comic industry in general. Well, I mean, he's been in DC for a long fucking time. He would write stories. He would write Metal Men. He would write Legion stories. And then he got uh, promoted to co-publisher with... He was an editor for a while, I believe. And then he got uh, promoted to co-publisher... Imagine working in the comics with industry. With Jim Lee by the time the new 52 came out. You know? I, I read, like... I I could imagine, like... Obviously, I'm not in the film industry. I'm not in, like, you know... Like, I'm not working for a production company or anything. But, like... Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um... But, like... Um... <laughs> I just... Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on um... Wood. I just I I can't imagine what it's like working in the comics industry, you know, being like an executive in like a DC in like DC publishing or it's, Marvel publishing. It's funny because he is it is it just as cutthroat? Well, okay, you have the responses to the news on Twitter going from like all the writers like Scott Snyder, Joshua Williamson. Uh, Everyone fucking hates Tom King for some reason. No, a lot of people hate Tom King, dude. I don't know why. Tom King's pretty good. He's a be great good, writer. Yeah. Uh, because. Um, Specifically, I have a friend of mine who just went off on just Batman comics in general. How like Batman comics? It's not. It's it's literally there's like there's like six thousand different family members. Um, it's not. It's all just like DC schlock and like. It's always been Batman. It's not Scott Snyder. No. Scott Snyder. Scott Bat- Snyder brought everybody in the Bat family. Yeah, but back Scott in. Snyder and he brought Bat- in more people. But, but but Scott Snyder Batman brought it back to like it's like gothic and dark roots where like. Well, again, I haven't read yeah, fully the no, Tom read King Tom comics. King shit, it's dark as fuck. Oh no, I heard, I heard it's, I heard it's not. <laughs> it's no, it is. I heard it's pretty like, like tame compared to like the entire I heard, I heard central it's pretty arc. T- hey, hey, wait, hey, wait, fucker! No, no, I'm playing let, let, let me, let me, let me just say, let me just finish? say my point because I've read it. Let me finish. Let me finish let, first. What do you mean? Hey, I started this. Stop cutting me off. Go, go, goddamn, go. That I've heard that Tom King's run of Batman isn't as dark or it's not as. Consistent with what we got with like Scott Snyder's Batman, for example, because we got a very dark, very gritty, and very gothic Batman. Again, I'm playing devil's advocate. I, know, I, know. I don't know. And I'm this. saying I disagree because that's bullshit. The whole central arc of Bruce during Tom King's run of like what 85 issues when he was on Batman is can Bruce Wayne be both happy and be Batman? <laughs> it's focusing on like his relationship with Catwoman, it's focusing on his relationship with Alfred in a psychological level, which is definitely a little bit different from it's, it's taken. That's kind of like a page taken from, at least from Alfred's perspective, uh, from the Alfred thing taken from Snyder's run. But it's basically, it, it he basically turned it into like a comic book drama about a guy who wants to be happy. 
A lot of people don't like Tom King, bro. Well, they're fucking dumb. <laughs> they're dumb. That Batman runs really good. I he's I I say his best work so far in DC Comics has been Mr. Miracle. And then he has an Adam Strange miniseries that's coming out too, which is really good. It looks really good. I just find it interesting the point where DC is where like Scott Snyder's like run was so like unanimously loved compared to like what what, what we're having now. It's always hard to be the guy following it up. But the thing is, and this is my opinion, obviously, you don't have to agree with me and I don't give a shit, but like the person following it like happened to be Tom King and he did a really, really good job following Batman after Scott Snyder ended his run. I really liked his run. It's very emotional and it's very it it's very cutthroat in the way they deal with how Bruce struggles with being both a superhero and, you know, wants to be a person. Like like wants to have actual emotions, wants to have an actual life, wants to marry Selena and actually be happy for once in his life. It it, it gets dark. Maybe not dark as in like death of the family fucked up like hill hellbilly shit. It's my Batman, <laughs> but it gets dark. It's it's really thoughtful. I really like his run. If I do but end that, up reading, we're not, but we're if not I do, about, if what? I do render, if I do end up reading Tom King, I'm probably just gonna read the paperbacks. Yeah, I, paperbacks. I recommend you do. Yeah, and they and he makes probably my favorite interpretation of Bane I've seen in quite some time. Where Bane is a crazy sadist. He's fucking nuts. Isn't that basically like Dark Knight Rises Bane kind of? No. This Bane this Bane is very different from that Bane. That's he's more like a warlord. A That's almost yeah. Yeah, he's not a cuck either like yeah. Dark Knight Rises. But okay, let's forget about Tonkin for a second. Dan Didio like I saw all the support from all the writers on DC saying that he did so much good stuff for them and he was a person that they're going to miss a lot as in that role. But I've also heard from editors at DC saying that he was a very difficult person to work with and it look your your thing on Dan Didio can change depending on how like you feel about certain characters if you really like Nightwing and Robin and the Teen Titans you're not gonna like Dan, Dan Didio because he fucking hated them he was one of the people who wanted Nightwing to die straight up in Inf- Infinite Crisis but they got Connor to die instead how would you kill Nightwing his 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 argument makes kind of sense where it's like these characters, the characters of Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, they're timeless, right? Bruce Wayne, Kal-El, Diana, Prince. If you put these people, if you put these sidekicks more in the forefront to the point that they're eventually going to try to, to the point where it looks like they're going to, you know, be their successor, that ruins the timelessness of those characters because it makes them mortal by aging them down, you know? Obviously, there's, like, good counterexamples to that. Batman Beyond, all of that is a good counterexample to Dark that. Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns too. And it but you know, I kinda see it. Kingdom I see come. I see both <laughs> yeah, Kingdom Come. I see both sides of that argument. You know? I mean, but I I don't think I, I don't think I yeah, I don't really agree with that though. Cause I feel like you, you you can get a timeless character like that and still explore them even 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 with aging them up, I don't think that takes away from their timelessness. I feel like that just adds another layer to the character you know which i agree some of with. the best batman runs for example are when he's older yeah and I, when he's just like doesn't give a fuck anymore you I, know i agree with that or but superman like, for example yeah but i i do get that where it's like there's a possibility where you lose that uh where you lose that timelessness 
of Kalel because he's older and he has kids now. But then again, know. that's worked out pretty well for him. <laughs> I, I don't so know, man. It's pretty I, hypocritical. It's a, it's, it's kind of it, like the argument's a little bit hypocritical, but I kind of see where it's coming from. I, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really agree with that because you can't not make Superman timeless. You know, even if you age him up, you make him young, you make him do whatever. It's still Superman. End of the day. You yeah, know? same. I agree so with like, that too. Like, you know, yeah. It, it's, it's interesting because you have that duality with that and you have people like, there, there's, there's, there's 5G that's coming out, which is their big new event that they've been teasing for the last couple of months. DC? DC, yeah. And um, that might probably be an entirely different thing altogether now mm-hmm. that he's gone. Uh, th- there's been interesting stories about Dan Didio. He's, he is one of the people who made New 52 the success that it is. Like, I remember listening to, uh, there's a guy called Ryan Higgins who hosts uh, Comics Conspiracy. It's like one of the biggest com- comic book podcasts out there. And they're a, they're a store based on uh, San Francisco, I believe. Mm. Um, he, he mentioned that part of the success of New 52, no, the success of New 52 is part of the reason how of for how he was able to buy a house in California. Because it was just that big. I mean, you're fir- I mean, the first thing he said wrong there was buying a house in California. <laughs> But yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. he was able to, according to him, part of the reason why he was able to do that was because the New 52 was a big success for comic books. It started getting, it started getting choppy though. No, yeah, it definitely the end did. Of its run, yeah. It definitely did. But when it launched, when you had Justice yeah, League, huge. when you had huge. Batman, huge. Superman, Action Comics. That New 52 that run. people back DC. into comics again. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. New Not 52 more was so a, than the fucking success of the Avengers movies or New, anything like that. New 52 was so big that fucking Marvel made Marvel now. <laughs> just so they so could, bad. Yeah, just so they could kind of like, uh, kind of did the reverse, uh, the reverse DC and Marvel thing where DC's trying to copy Marvel in the films. Marvel's trying to copy DC from the comics. Yeah. And New 52, yeah, it was huge. Like, and then they were both put in a fucked up scenario. There was such a remember, huge wave yeah. of like, of new fans coming into into comics in general just because of new 52 yeah and then you get into like the later years of new 52 before rebirth and then you have all new all different marvel and that was bad yeah those are that was a dark time to be a fucking comics fan because a lot of those series were shit Mm. but yeah dan didio you did good for a lot of it you know like i i personally don't like his your opinion on fucking teen titans but hey whatever you did good and that's it for news. Let's go into our weeks. What you watch, buddy? So, I'm back on Better Call Saul. Season 5 just started. How is it? My God, I love that show. Mm. That is... You know you know that show where, like... How often do you watch seasonal shows? What do you mean? Like, when they come back at... Uh, like, the moment they're back, you start watching them. And I'm not talking about, like, Netflix stuff. I'm talking about episodes that are back weekly. Do you do, you do that a lot? Um, I did that for Game of Thrones. I did that for Watchmen. I'm doing that for Barry. Um, right now, besides like those, I'm not. There's not a show that I'm keeping up with. All right. Well, Better Call Saul is like that show to me. Mm-hmm. And you know how like it's like when you see a friend after a long period of time for it's, the first time. It's again. been what two years since last season. Yeah, because Vince Gilligan went off to direct El Camino, Camino yeah. and then I think he would no, he was shooting Better Call Saul this season of Better Call Saul back to back. But obviously, you know, he was making a movie at the time, so that took longer to you know get that to get the season out. But it's yeah, it Better Call Saul is one of those shows where it's like it comes back on. I'm like, ah, oh, life is good again. Mm. You know, we're in season five right now. The 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 second to last season because it's been renewed for season six, and that's that will be its final season. And at this point in the story. Jimmy has basically said, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I'm Saul Goodman now. And he's finally embracing his role as Saul Goodman. Meanwhile, Gus is bridging out his uh, drug empire 
trying to get bigger while also trying to destroy the Salamancas at the same time. Mm. And and this will be the season that bleeds into Breaking Bad. I I I'm thinking it will be mm. because it's the last season, no? The second to last season. Second season last six season. is next year, and uh, it's the last one next year. I'm not gonna. The way they do the flash forward this season makes me think that we're getting to that point. We're doing the Breaking Bad season five like uh, part B thing that catch up like soon. Mm. Like next season soon. So you think the last season of Better Call Saul is going to be a present sequel? day? Ooh, I I think wow. I think it might be. Wow. I the thing is I've only if seen the first the case, two episodes. That gives but it's that gives me like incentive. That be. gives me in- incentive to watch the show, even though like I know I should be watching because I'm I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. Yeah, I always has been. I, I, I always and you're gonna been. hate what I'm gonna say right now, but I know you prefer it over Breaking Bad. It's a better show than Breaking Bad. I mean. It it's your is. opinion. Look, and and, and I, I've been thinking Breaking about I've been, rest, like, I've been wrestling with that thought for a while now because that's a very hot take to say. Yeah. But but what Better Call Saul does, arguably better than Breaking Bad, is that the lines between the moral the moral lines that are put in this show, especially in Jimmy's perspective, are less clear than in Breaking Bad. When 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 Walt starts to shoot up people when Walt lets you know people die in front of his eyes you could definitely tell that that he is getting bad now you know obviously he's doing it for different reasons and he's doing it for you know objectively good reasons to protect his family but the actions that he does they're not as there are they're they're very direct compared to Jimmy because what Jimmy is just trying to do is find an easy way out of legal ish, of legal problems mm. you know he's hustling his way to be you know a different kind of lawyer and to make his own name and in doing so he's making decisions that from a lawyer standpoint from a regular lawyer standpoint from like say you know his brother um uh chuck or Rhea seahorns uh, kim who's arguably one of the best characters in tv right now you know they might have a problem with that because it's not right, you know? It's not right to lie to a client. You know, it's not right to say that you're getting this deal when in reality you're getting another deal. When they know that they're getting another deal. You know what I mean? There, it's, it's not as clear and it's more complex because of that. And I think that's why I really like Break, uh, Better Call Saul a lot more. Hmm. Because it's like, who's really the bad guy here? You know? Is he really right to do this? I don't really know. It's it's so interesting and so complex, and it's just and obviously Breaking Bad also has this too. But this it, this show has some of the best performances and direction and writing that over any other fucking hey, TV Vince show Gilligan, out there right Vince now. Vince Gilligan is the man. Vince Gilligan, I'm I'm confident in saying, and I, and I lo- arguably I love El Camino more than you. Yeah, I think he is one of the best storytellers of like the last 10, 20 years, because. Mm-hmm. There, there's stuff here that like you, you really do feel for. These characters are just as flawed and just as <laughs> imperfect as anyone else. But the beauty about it is Vince is able to make them into people that you know are relatable and aren't disconnected in a sense. Oh, no. I, and I really, really. I was like, showing you I the really time. Really I was just that. showing you the, my my background. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Nico. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, friend with the shotgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, the CEO of Florida, yeah. actually. Yeah. But in that, you know, it's also very funny. 
Mm-hmm. The first episode of season five is just Jimmy. Uh, he makes a circus tent in order to do a big promotion as his, as his first outing as Saul Goodman. And he just he does it in this really <laughs> shitty, scrummy part of town where all these sketchy ass people and criminals go up to him. And it's like a circus. They, they're literally going inside of a circus tent. As he's giving them phones and his number and contact information and, and making like, deals and, with them. And they're all like fucking like gang members. and Yeah. yeah. There, there was a really funny bit that bleeds into the, the opening of the second episode where it's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. All you people couldn't come into the tent in time because we have to close now. But hey, whatever shit you do, 50% off on my fee. <laughs> and then it cuts to the opening of the next episode where it's these two crackheads where they get his card and they're like, 50% off. And then they go into, they rob a car. They rob like a bank and a gas station and they beat up on, um, they, they beat up like a fence and shit and they're smoking crack all over the place. And they're, it, it's just a mantra of them just tweaking just out chilling. and going crazy. Just chilling. It's so funny. It's a vibe and, check. But the whole time they're like, they're just screaming 50% off. And they wake up they had such a crazy trip that they wake up like three days later. That was a binger. And they 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 crash into a they crash into a mailbox. They're like, "Yo, what happened? I don't know, bro, but fifty percent off." And they fucking they just go out and drive to do more crazy shit. And while this is going on, you have Mike slowly becoming the character that you see at the beginning of the show when he shows up in Breaking Bad. Where I'm not going to spoil what happens, but he does a really big thing that changes him as a character last season. And he's just coming into grips with that. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of changes how he is with his family, specifically his granddaughter and his um, daughter-in-law. Which, man, that everything with Mike on that show is so good. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. His one-off episode. His one-off like episode in season two? one. Season, season one. one or season the one two, where yeah. he, he goes back to find his son's killer. Yeah, that, that was. That is one of the best episodes as a whole show. That's, that's great. It's so fucking heartbreaking. So Jonathan Banks is just as great it, it, as it's always. Like that, it's like that. It was what I was looking for when I was watching Better Call Saul again. Yeah. The thing is, Better Call Saul, it, it, it is a show that ages like wine in a sense. It gets way better as it goes on. But like, it, like it's fucking fantastic. Like bad, yeah. yeah. It, and I, I, I love everything about it. Even the Gus stuff, even though it doesn't feel as it's it's not really connecting to anything that Saul's doing right now. I think the only cat like the only connecting point is that Nacho is a part of both worlds. Okay. You know, and, and Nacho's really good in this season too. But I, I, I like where that's going too. I like everything about Gus and his war with the Salamancas. Yeah. And trying to reign power over them as the kingpin of, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that obviously bleeds into breaking bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like we get into some obvious prequel shit, but it's not done in the sense that you're like annoyed by it. Like a big plot element in this season and the past two seasons is that they've they're recreating that they're creating for the um the the meth lab that walt and jesse do uh work for gus in and in, in, uh when they get to that point in breaking bad yeah you know and that that's a whole issue of gus keeping it a secret from the salamancas who um hector salamanca he's like a new character he's like hector Tito's, no hector is hector is the one with the stroke I think his name's Tito Salamanca, who's okay. like Hector's I was about to say, uncle. Yeah, that's Tito. No, he's he's Hector's ne- uh, nephew. Look at me, Hector. Oh, man. Ding. You see him act, by the way. You see him have the stroke, and you see him before he has the stroke. He was one of he um, before Breaking he Bad. He was really good before Breaking Bad. That actor, um, he was in he was in Scarface. 
That makes sense. Yeah, he, he was uh, one of like the Colombian... Uh, Did he of, have a bell on him too? Or? No, he <laughs> was just... He, I think he barely spoke in, in Scarface. Oh, okay. So there's, that, there's the common through line there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't speak. Yeah. Yeah, better cross off. Uh, I, I, I really like it. Damn it, man. Why the fuck haven't you seen it? <laughs> you huh? need to. Because I, I guess... I don't know. I guess... You love this show more yeah. than... You love bre- this franchise more than me. Yeah. Like, I love... I love Breaking Bad. Like, love, love, love Breaking Bad. I, I don't think it's a secret, but, like, I just... I don't know. I, I it's just... It's a different beast altogether, yeah, but it's yeah. something that I think it, you'll find to be it will, equally it satisfying. It will be something I'm going to watch and finish. That that I can promise you. And when that will happen, who knows? But it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna happen. You should do it now. Yeah. Kim Wexler. Fucking A1. She's the best, man. Have an A1 day. Yeah. Uh, the Invisible I also, Man. I also saw the Invisible Man remake, which I will be watching. Uh, I, I'll probably talk about it next next week. It won't be like a thing, but I'm just gonna give my opinions on it. So yeah, spoiler spoiler free as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm, there's not even like even from the trailer, there's not even that much to spoil. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that they kept in that uh, in that movie from How's the, the marketing. Movie? Uh, great, great, really, really good. Okay. If you've seen Lee Winnell's previous film, Upgrade, Upgrade, which is really really fun. It's not like Upgrade. It's very He's doing ex- Escape from New York. I'm excited for that. That's that's crazy. gonna be a lot of fun. That's crazy, especially with there's not a lot of action in this remake, but there's some there's a really good sequence with a bunch of cops in a hallway. It's fucked up. It's really good. There, that this it's about a uh, it stars Elizabeth Moss. She plays a woman named Cecilia who's getting away from uh, her boyfriend Adrian, who is this abusive, crazy son of a bitch scientist. Who also found a way to become invisible. He faked his death and now he's invisible. And he's uh, stalking and abusing the shit out of Elizabeth Moss. And she's trying to find a way to expose him and, you know, get him out of get him out of her life. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss is great as always. She's re- she, This is very much her her movie. Here's a fun fact. Even she's, though the supporting roles in this are pretty good. Here's a fun fact that has nothing that has nothing to do with anything, but she's a Scientologist. All right. <laughs> Well, that's all you could say. Just all right. She's doing good in here. Yeah, I, I, I really like her. I really like her role in this. She, she's playing paranoid and terrified and abused lady very well, and it's very scary. Like that, not even, not even like the abuse shit that you see in this movie. You know, before the Invisible Man stuff actually starts, it's fucking horrifying to watch. Heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's and it's tense because this movie doesn't have a lot of score. It's very silent too. And for a lot of it, and Which the movie, if it's the theme of like emptiness, yeah, no, if it's the theme of emptiness and tension, yeah, because the movie is just never stopping with tension. You just never know. And there were there were some cuts in this movie where you're just like, wait, that's different. Wait, 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 and then shit just pops off like nothing. So like, not only are you building tension, but then like the tension just comes out of a random. So time. how does this fit into Dark Universe? It doesn't, and I'm glad. <laughs> it's very, it's nothing. It's very different. The way they incorporate this, there, there's, I'm not, I'm not gonna. This is a spoiler, but um, the way they incorporate the Invisible Man stuff into this grounded reality uh, story is, is, it's cheesy, but like I like how they took it mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not like in the original, and it's not like in the novel. But I'm, it's super tense. It's scary as shit. There, it's not perfect. There's some points in it where I'm thinking, you know, there's some logical things where I'm like, you should, what happened here? 
What what happened here? That that some of them gets resolved by the end of the movie and you understand what's going on. And the ending I, I, I do like. It's very ambiguous. And well, it's not very ambiguous. I get it, they kind of make it out to be, but you kinda of know what's going on. And you're 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 you've kind of accepted the fact of what you've been seeing when it gets to that point in the film. But it's not if you're worried about being spoiled from the trailers that you're 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 just you're only scaring yourself because there's a lot more in this movie than I that I thought specifically because I was thinking that for a minute. But this movie kept on going. It's like two hours and like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a little it's a little long, but it I, I didn't feel it, you know, be long. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't bore me. It, it It's super tense. It's very different from Upgrade where it's like. It's not a big, crazy sci-fi action fest. You know, it, it's very it's very quiet. It's very personal. It's a lot of uh, uh, panning shots that just make empty you space. feel... Yeah, of yeah. empty space. And it just makes you feel scared as fuck when it you happens. You see in the trailer, there's just a bunch of wide shots. It's a lot of wide shots. And then you... Cause, and obviously the intent... Like, uh, you know, the, the intention is... The way they play with negative space in this is very good. Cause it's just like, oh my god, she's floating. Oh fuck, this is this is bad. This is scary. <laughs> you know, it's really it's really good. I I had a really fun time with it. I and mean, fun in the sense that like it's a very great horror remake, mm-hmm. a very good horror remake. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's you know it's dealing with um with abuse mm-hmm. with, with uh relationships and abuse, and yeah it's what a, it's what a good horror film should be take themes that that scare us in reality and yeah no they try they, and tell a good story off, they, uh, off of that they, he lee Winnell did a really great job doing that yeah, he's great yeah. and i'm i'm very i'm very happy that like upgrade wasn't a fluke you know and this movie was just as good i mean he's start, probably probably he better pretty than low so like what do you mean upgrade's not bad insidious <laughs> remember insidious is good I don't give a shit. Oh no! I think Insidious is a good I, movie. I, I very much disagree. Insidious three. That last, you're talking about Insidious three. The one by he the way. directed. Yeah, that's a good movie. I know. I like that one. I don't. You're talking about the one with the girl that gets like it's like a jump cut. And she gets ran over by a car, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. No, I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I like. That I don't one. like it. Yeah. Hey, I love Upgrade. I think Upgrade's great. Upgrade is a great movie. But like, I think this is better. Than I think Upgrade. it's just one. I just think it's one of those things where like you know it's his first t- his first real gig as a uh, as a director. He didn't really have a uh, like a say in you know story wise, or I'm talking about Insidious by the way. Um, but well, I don't know. I, I I think I don't know. I, the I, thing I, is that I I wouldn't say he didn't have, I don't doesn't... think he did. I think he did. Because that's the thing he did with James Wan. It's just no. It's just you know, I, that's I, their baby. I disagree though because I feel like Insidious doesn't really have its own voice. Like I don't really watch Insidious and like oh my god, this is definitely a Leo Now movie. You know? I don't. Like, it, like, I, I disagree. Well, no, I don't I, see that. I I, th- I don't think Insidious is a good movie. The I, one he I directed. I think it's its uni- own unique thing. I I, th- I thought you were talking about that. I, it just goes back to to me like Insidious. Like at least the one he directed, it just kind of molds into just Insidious horror franchise. What it kind of just meddles down to, yeah. You know? But and that like doesn't it, mean it's not bad. I liked it. I don't think it's. I good. Like, I liked it for what I, it was. I don't think it's good. I feel like those elements made it bad. You yeah, know, but, and like, but upgrade for no. example, which is definitely <laughs> something he wanted to do. He had like his own vision and everything. That it's felt like a Lee one movie. It's the scariest you know? RoboCop movie I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Upgrade's really good, and then Invisible Man. I think it's better. I do like that one. You're you're really gonna like it. Oh yeah, I I think you're really gonna like it. That's one of the best remakes I've seen in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't seen a better horror remake for a movie like this in the past couple years, and like since like Evil Dead. What about Suspiria? 
Oh yeah, Suspiria too. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but I kind of forgot about Suspiria. <laughs> I rewatched it. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Still pretty good. Better than better than when I first saw it. Yeah, I think it's better. I I, I think it's definitely better the second time around because the first time was like a little. I thought I I definitely felt the length of the movie, but like one but once I like I rewatched it, and like I knew what I was getting. I was like, okay, I no, still this is great. I still felt that the second time I watched it, but. You know, I'm engaged by everything else going on. The performances are great. The set design, the the every the direction overall is fantastic. The Invisible Man recommends. Yeah, I mean the score. Invisible Man recommends. Yeah, no, I it's really, really York, like. It. Obviously, Tom York's man. Yeah, I I think it's a good win for Blumhouse too. Thank God, because that fucking fancy island movie I heard was dog shit. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, I heard it was bad. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, uh, you saw Mother, not the Jennifer Lawrence one. The Bong Joon Ho one, yeah, nice. Oh, I've seen both. The mother one, I really like. Mother, mother's just, good. Jennifer I, Lawrence is really good. I like that one. Mother with Bong Joon Ho is amazing. <laughs> so, what's this movie about? It's basically about this um, this mother. I'm not familiar with their names. Uh, I'll search them up right now. But it's basically about this mother who has a mentally handicapped son, and her mentally handicapped son gets acu- gets a, accused of a crime he didn't commit. And it's about her, it's about her, um, her journey into proving his son's and her, her son's innocence and figuring out who committed the crime when it was a murder. It was a murder here. Her son was, uh, was accused of a murder. Okay. And this movie, talk about subvert your expectations. I don't know what is it with Bong Joon-ho, but the third acts in all his movies are just, they just crush you. And they're very different from the beginning of his movies. Because he's a master genre mixer. He's a fucking master genre blender. He knows how to pace movies with intensity and almost kill it off with comedy. But there's still this underlying thread of like this underlying thread of just like disturbness i guess is that a word yeah no you're i i can agree with that you're definitely they're, they're you're laughing definitely at the, the feeling situations uncomfortable are, the situations are fucked up and there's moments in the situations that bring you know obviously you know comedic relief but they're you're just almost laughing nervously almost you get yeah. me you're, you're you're never you're never really there's it's comic relief without the relief that's what it is yeah and I get that's kind of like just like a, a Bong Joon Ho style thing. You know, he's really good at just he knows when to plant comedy and when to plant, uh, you know, the very dark, serious subject matter. Was this written solely by him or did he have another screenwriter? I behind will him? tell you right now. Uh, obviously, directed solely by him. Yeah. Um, and uh, How old he is wrote this it. Movie? Came out 2009. OK. Um, he wrote it with Park Yung Kyoi. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that really wrong. It's South Korean writer. Um, and so what else has he done? Has he done other movies with him? Uh, not with him. He made some other like South Korean movies I'm, I, I don't think we're familiar with. Is Song in this? Huh? Is he in Mother? No. No. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. Okay. Um, the mother uh, is played by Kim Hyai Ja uh, and the son is played by Won Bin. Won Bin. And fucking Jesus Christ. All the performances... Uh, fucking tour de force. <laughs> they're fucking just like they're they're a train of just uh, amazing. Just you, you can't tell the difference between w- when they're acting and what when they're actually you know just being people. You know, like it's like the the line is so blurred, uh-huh. and it really just 
put you into just the situation they're in. Um, How long is this movie? It's like two hours and ten minutes. Okay. Or something like that. Or, or two hours around there. It's on Prime? It's not crazy long. It is it is on Prime, but you have to... It's on Shudder. Oh, okay. So, so you, you, have, could do, you could do a seven-day free trial. You could do a seven-day free trial account. if you want to watch it. Um, or, you you know, you could obviously... like You can connect your Shudder account to your Prime, and you can watch it off the Prime app. Yeah, and you could also do that for seven days free, too. Hmm? You could also do that for seven days free. Yeah, so when you can do the free trial, or you can actually have Shutter. Yeah, you know, whichever. Um, so yeah, I saw it on Prime, and bro, every shot just planned meticulously. There are def- there are long takes where actors are just reacting to certain situations, and it's just going on for like five minutes straight, and they're just doing their thing, and you're just left there like, fuck, like like this really is like, this really is a person. In this context, and you're, it's almost like you're on a fly on the wall watching everything happen. Mm, interesting, you know. So it's not a feel good like a like oh, a. Oh no, not at all, not at all. So like an okja. A, the way this, uh, okay, the thing with parasite, you leave parasite like you feel yeah, a little empty inside. You watching do feel parasite. a little empty, but there's almost a sense of hope towards the end of it. Know. For parasite, I, yeah, I think so. I, I, don't I think know. the end of parasite, it, there's there's it's a mix of hope and. Um, it's a make it's a mix of hope and just desperation you know and but i feel it's the complete opposite with this where like there's almost no hope like everything that happens in the movie happens and then they're back and then they're back to well like in a cynical way (sighs) the it's a i I don't even know if i would call it a cynical ending you're just kind of has something ever just happened to you and then you're just kind of like almost like you almost like doze off and you're just like what the fuck just happened like well, like when i'm taking a nap huh like when i'm taking a nap no like let's say you see a car crash for example okay. and then you and you're like what the fuck just happened you watched it oh, and you really okay, can't understand okay. what just happened like it, it, your jaw just happened and you're trying to like get, just kind of like ponder on it and think about it but your brain still isn't connecting the dots just what to what just happened that's the end of this movie everything just happens and once it happened, you're just kind of left there. Just like, like, I'm just sitting there watching the movie. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's dark, man. It, it, it gets dark. <laughs> that sounds, sounds like Bong. Oh my God. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I'd say Bong Yung-ho is like a more accessible Park Chan-wook. I'd say that. Um, because like Bong is like. I don't it, know, man. There's some. Park has been doing some pretty accessible stuff recently. Like what? Have you heard about Little Drummer Girl? I heard about that. That show's good. I heard about that. I heard that's really good. Um, I'd say, I, I mean, I'm just kind of comparing. It's like, like, what if a South Korean director made a Bond movie? Have you ever seen a... Well, yeah, you, you haven't seen a it. Bond TV show in this you, case. Okay, you've seen Old Boy, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, have you seen the other... What you're going to talk about now? No, no, no. Well, I mean, I, I could get into... Yeah, I'm going to get into it. I, right. I'll get into Old Boy right now, but... I'm going to leave off Bong, like, you know, um, uh, Mother, as it's a definite must-watch. It's going to fuck you up. I want to see Okja again. Okja's whatever. It's been a long time Okja's since whatever. I've seen Okja. I don't know. I kind of find it to be sweet. It is a sweet movie. It's like a South Korean Disney movie. It, it, and when that With ends... With capitalism. No, yeah, when that <laughs> ends, like, the way that, like, Okja ends is kind of, like... uncomfortable. It's going back to what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, like, it's a little, like... You're kind of just left there where, like... Yeah, all these things happen, and you just kind of have to move on, you know. And that's kind of the way mother ha- mother goes down, and it's 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 great. It really is. It's super dark. 
very engaging. All the performances are amazing. Watch it. Um, so old boy. Um, yeah, and so part two of the Vengeance trilogy. Yeah, part two of the Vengeance trilogy. I also finished Lady Vengeance, but I'm gonna talk about old boy before I. I mean, I'll talk about Lady Vengeance next week. Yeah, I mean next episode. Sense. But I decided to rewatch Old Boy because I mean, you know, it's been a while since I've seen it. You know, based off the comic book, the manga. Well, the yeah. manga, yeah. <laughs> Um, by the way, very different. Yes, I know. They're very, very different. I know. Um, Much like that hentai anime that we were talking about last episode. <laughs> Those are two uh, different things. Um, I just, yeah, like, like I, I rewatched Old Boy. It's been a while since I had. It's been a while since I fully sat down and watched everything, and I just wanted to see, you know, what what the what were the what were the strengths and what were the weaknesses that I ever that I saw. You know, like or if I remember any weaknesses or anything like well, that. Before that, I just what oh, yeah. is Old Boy. For people who don't know. Old Boy is... Yeah, it's the second part of Park Chan-wook's uh, Vengeance trilogy. It's basically about a man who gets in prison for 15 years. And he's on a vengeance quest to find out why he got in prison and who did it. It's a very simple... That's the, that's as simple as I can, as I can make it. Um, and it, all in all, it's a pretty simple story. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, no, it, no, it's surface level. It very is much... Surface a, level, yes. It's very much a simple story. It's about a man trying to find vengeance for the guy who in prison. Yes. Well, uh, you know, I guess the guy who imprisoned him. And it obviously just go delve way deeper into way, way more d- deeper into like kind of the psychological strain it had on Odesu, which is the main character of uh, Old Boy. Uh-huh. And kind of also test his relationships with other people in the mil- in the film. <laughs> A and, lot of ways. Yeah, and it's a perfect movie. It's it, so good. No, it, it genuinely I think it's a perfect movie. Everything about it, the cinematography, the editing, the the music, the, yeah, the soundtrack. Uh, you have to rewatch Old Boy because that soundtrack is fuck. It's a fucking banger. I dude. always think about the track that plays during the hammer scene. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this is this is like some old western Ennio Morricone kind of like feel from the get go. People when are it dying starts, from a fucking hammer. From the get go, <laughs> when it starts, it just throws you right into the situation, and it's starting off with just this fucking crazy, just bombastic like like high speed chase almost soundtrack is like very like like you know mid 2000s and the story just throws you in there and there's enough subtlety and enough uh patience with the movie that it presents everything it it presents everything not all at once you get things slowly throughout the story that kind of that kind of throw Throw your thought process, you know, um, like it makes your thought process go left instead of right, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, um, for example, there's a, there's a person that main character meets and it's all very coincidental and, and the way things unravel the way and the way, you know, the way you kind of piece things together, you should kind of start coming up with your own, um, with your own narrative with how things are going. And then everything just kind of gets shit on. And then you're just, you're thrown with the real answers to everything. And you're, you're just left again. Same with mother. You're where left you're, empty. You're, yeah, you really are. <laughs> you really are. And well, how do you feel about that ending? Uh, Revisiting well, it after I'm, all I'm, this time. I'm actually not going to spoil it, but yeah. as dour and as empty as the ending is, it's the closest thing to a happy, happy ending we can get with this character. It's the closest thing to a happy ending we can get. It's better than the remake. Huh? It's better yeah. than the fucking remake. The remake, I've rewatched the remake. I've seen it like twice. It's yeah, garbage. It, it, it's not a good movie, but 
I still like it. I, don't. I still like a lot of elements of it. I guess. I think I mean, it's I the shittiest. Like, I think it's the <laughs> shittiest cash grab, like both from a film from an international film being made into an American remake and in Spike Lee's career. I can agree with specifically. that. Specifically, I can agree with that. And it's just there's nothing special about it. There really is. There really is not. There really isn't. It, it really it's like cool. You made the hammer sequence a little bit more weird. And crazy. the hammer sequence in the the remake is way worse. It's so bad. Then the is way worse than the the ha- the, the one shot. And you made the ending fucking nonsensical and dumb. The ending is just I hilarious. hate the ending. The ending so is hilarious. Much. Just all oh, the last twenty minutes of Spike Lee's old boy is fucking hilarious. It's such a it, bad it, film. It, it, it's just like here here's everything that made the original work. And just not make it work. That's that. That's basically what the ending was to like. The that was a remake. waste of a great cast too, because you could easily make a good remake. You Josh Brolin was good made, in it. You could have made a great remake with that cast of characters. Josh Brolin was great in it, even though for some reason, fucking um, uh, <laughs> Christopher Moltisanti, like Chrissy from from uh, Sopranos, he's in it. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Charlotte Copley is the villain. Charlotte Copley, yeah, he's the Sam fuck. Jackson is the landlord. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the prison owner. Going back to Park Chan Wooks, yeah. it's it, it's the perfect mystery. It really is like, it, and I I said the same thing with the Handmaiden, where it 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 feels like just the perfect mystery when they're just throwing the situation and things just start getting unraveled and every web you and every like rope you, like you untie another rope gets knotted, you know, and like it it just keeps going. Yeah, and. And the way everything's presented, all the themes are just so well fleshed out. You know, you completely understand where all these characters are coming from. What was the runtime for Old Boy again? I can't remember. It's like two hours. Two hours. All it's right. it, it, it's not lo- it's not a long movie. It's short. It, 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 I wouldn't say it's a short and sweet movie, but <laughs> it's, nev- it's a very sour movie. It's a it's yeah, very cynical. A lot of it. Oh yeah, it but is. Just. Everything about it, man. It really is a perfect movie. All the performances were... You get a fucking power-off performance from uh, uh, the actor that plays Ode Sue. Forgot the his actor, name. I, I know. And I've seen him before. He was in he's in, he's in, um, uh, he's in I Saw the Devil, too. He's also in Lady Vengeance. Oh, that's interesting. He's in Sympathy and Lady Vengeance, yeah. Okay, I gotta wait. watch I Saw the Devil. Um, is, is, it a, is it a spoiler to say if that's a sequel to Mr. Vengeance or no? It's not. It's not? Oh, none okay. of these. None of the Vengeance trilogy... Is connected. That's interesting. It's all just connected by theme. Okay. So that w- which is a good thing. So you can watch any of this. You can you can watch any of these. Like uh, what? It's, it's a spoiler to say which theme. I assume, right? Huh? I assume it's a spoiler to say which themes. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Vengeance is the main theme, and it's all connected like that. So you can watch any of these movies out of order. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'm always gonna recommend Old Boy. Old Boy by in itself is a Perfect pinnacle movie. film. Yeah. In South Korean history and in like international and in film history film in, in general. general. Yeah. It's, it's one of the best films of the past decades. No, no, no. It's one of the best films ever made. Yeah. Period. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, it's, it's perfect. It really is. Everything about the direction, the writing, the, uh, I really like, I really like the actor who plays the villain in that film too. Oh, he's great. Name. Oh my he God. Is fantastic. He is fantastic. And, and I'm like, oh, wow. I don't like Charlotte Copley anymore. After he, seeing that. He's, just, <laughs> he's almost like it's, he almost plays like 
a Riddler type of villain. Yeah. Where Ew. he's just... <laughs> He's oh. just waste, yeah, right. He's just that is exactly why I ha- fucking hated that remake because Charlotte Copley just wants to be Riddler so bad, yeah, in that fucking movie, and it's so obnoxious. I recommend Old Boy by far. I know I'm being very the I'm, original. I'm, I'm trying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying very hard not to spoil it because it's a very spoilable, spoilable movie. Oh, especially if you know if you hear it, anything it, about it, that it, ending. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. No, I'm just saying it's one of the craziest twist endings in modern film history too. Because you never see that shit coming. It's, yeah. No, it's it, it, it really is crazy. It's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Recommended. I, I really like it. 100%. So we so, both saw Batman animated movies. You So, okay. Let's 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 rewind a bit. So, I, I was I was thinking of this idea when you told me. You, you It's funny. You texted me that you saw year one. That you rewatched year one. And I was thinking about, for a while now, I was thinking about revisiting uh, Under the Red Hood for a while. And I was listening to a Collider.com podcast where they were arguing about whether Batman Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman animated movie or not. And I'm thinking to myself, it's probably not, but this would be interesting to do. Your one I liked. I remember liking it from when I saw it and I love Under the Red Hood. So why the fuck don't we not just like talk about it and then, you know, kind of compare and contrast, see which one is the best, does what better. Year one and Under the Red Hood, yeah. Yeah. We both saw Year one and Under the Red Hood. We both rewatched it again and I think it's fair to say from both of us, Under the Red Hood is overall the better movie. By far. By far, yeah. But there's a lot of good stuff in both of these things. I'd say there's a lot more, there's a lot. There's a lot of bad stuff in year one, more so than there is in Under the Red I Hood. I think there's some bad stuff in Under the Red Hood, but I... All right, first of all, I, I want to just say straight up, let's just go in. If you haven't seen these movies we're, uh, before, we recommend that you both watch them. They're both very good films. Why don't you read year one general. first? Year one is a great story. Same with the Under the Red Hood story that they, it adapts. But Under the Red Hood is... is but like it, um, the film is, is taking influences from multiple uh, Red Hood stories, not just one, though. I'd say because it's it's, it's more re- of an realistically ob- like it's taking reality. It's more of it's an taking ob- it's over, it's more of just like a, an amalgamate an amalgamate an amalgamation of like most of the big Red Hood stories. It's yes. not it's not particularly one not like Year One where like yes Year One no. is based off a singular comic. Yeah. Like yes and no. Like if you if you want to know everything about Red Hood in this film, like you read Killing Joke, you read the, um, the Red Hood storyline from John Winnick and Doug Mankey, mm-hmm. you read. Which is the core storyline of this movie. You read part of Hush, because Red Hood factors into Hush. You read something with Ra's al Ghul in there, too, because Ra's al Ghul is a big part of, Whereas, of the Red like, Hood. Year one is year one. Year is one. a straight-up adaptation of yeah. the year one uh, uh, storyline. So there's a clear difference already Miller. between the two stories. One's a straight-up adaptation, one's an amalgamation. I'm just saying, these are both highly recommended, but... We're going to go straight into spoilers here because, yeah. you know, it's hard not to debate these two movies and not spoil it. You can yeah. watch. I, I think you can watch Under the Red Hood right off the bat. You're good with that. You can watch that. I recommend reading Year One before watching the movie. Yeah, no, same. I, I Year One's a solid story. It's I, the best it's, part about Year one One's the, pe- the story. It's like partly, it's one of the peak Frank Miller stories and the, that he's ever going to be able to ever make. Commissioner Gordon story. Well, yeah, let's go far. right into it. So we'll start with Year One. Yeah, Year One. Low. All right. Let's start with Year One. Year One. Year not- One is a better Jim Gordon movie than it is a Batman. Year movie. One's not great. I like it. 
I don't think it's fantastic, but there's a lot of stuff that's going for it that's really strong. It, to me, it feels Brian like a downgraded Cranston. Under the Red Hood type of animation. No, really? Yes. I yes. think the animation in year one's much better in Under oh, no. the Red Hood. I disagree. I think the fight sequences are done better in Under the Red Hood compared to uh, oh, this. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, no. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the Red Hood, yeah. I think in general, has better animation. And which makes sense because it's year one, you know, spoilers again, it's not a big action-centric storyline. It's not. It's a very detective-driven, like, procedural kind of story. It's a character piece about two people who have going- a very distinct view of the city. Of, uh, yeah, of Gotham. Uh, if you want to like kind of boil it down to like just like the surface level story of it, it's two people coming into a city that they don't recognize. Yeah, it's Bruce Wayne coming back home to Gotham as he's about to figure out his life and you know find vengeance for the death of his parents and Jim Gordon who got laid off for busting another cop in another city and now he's living here in a shitty town. Uh, trying to make ends meet for his uh, pregnant wife, pregnant wife, Barbara. And, yeah, that's uh, always so confusing to me because so many. I think the I think the wife he has in the comics is Sarah Gordon, mm-hmm. where in some adaptations they his wife is called Barbara. It, it depends on the interpretation. It it's so weird yeah. because he both. Not only does he have you know, not only does he have J- uh, James Gordon Jr. as Jimmy, his son, yeah. but you also have you know obviously Barbara Batgirl. Barbara Gordon in the in this too, but they they go to the James Junior route. I've, I've always been confused as to which one comes the first or which one was, is which. It, he had a son. He had a son. It was James. Yeah, but his wife was Sarah. Yeah, I think in the Dark Knight in the Dark Knight trilogy. But regardless, I think this movie works because Brian Cranston is playing a very good Jim Gordon, and Jim Gordon is basically carrying the emotional and like thematic weight of the whole film. And it's and I and I think that's awesome, because you never get a Batman movie or a Batman story specifically. It's rare to have one where it's centric on Gordon. I know it, it's interesting to see like like the the only one I could think of is when he became Batman in the bunny suit. Yeah, but like that that was temporary. The interesting you know? part about like about like and it's not as much of a this, landmark compared yeah. to year one. It's like Gordon's really fleshed out, yeah. extremely fleshed out. Like you 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 hear things from Gordon that you just wouldn't see in other Batman properties. Like like in 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 year one, <coughs> I'm talking about the story, not just the animated movie. Um, you hear about how he was an ex Green, how like he was like a he used to fight Green Berets. He has like a military background. He's yeah. like he's a super honest cop. And, Which you, you can definitely hear from the narration in this movie, and you can tell he's very he's also extremely depressed. Very depressed, very meticulous. Yeah, he 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 can he he it kind of has like a foresight. He when watches it comes to see how people work. He watches people fight, and like he kind of takes he kind of takes like a little mental notes. Like okay, they fight like this. God, everything with gonna... him and Flash is one of my fa- is one of the best parts of that and whole I fucking series. Hate Flash. Flash is an asshole. Not just a character, but I, I kind of hate him. Like the performance, the like the character. No, I, you know? I think it works because you're meant to hate him. You know, I guess, but it's so like it's so like. What you talking about, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm, it, not, I'm only human. It's yeah, but it, it's so like to me like it, it, it feels so generic in its way. Like, bro, the, the, yeah, okay, but there's it, a scene I, I, in I'm, year one. I'm fine with it because it's meant to be generic. Sure, but there's a scene in year one where fucking Flask is leaving his friend's house. Oh yeah, and it was and right and before I the fight. The, he's wearing a fucking he's wearing a fucking varsity jacket. Yeah, like how yeah. much of a jock douchebag can you make the guy be? No, but you know? what was that line he says? And I, I told her, no, it's parsley. There's some shit. <laughs> and he just started, ah, yeah, see you yeah, next yeah, week, guys. Yeah. I get it. You meant pussy. Like, you know, and it's a PG-13 movie. Like, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of schluck like that in year one, where it's just very, like, 
kind of just but baseline. I, I'd say in terms no. of adapting the story, it's very faithful to that because the script is basically the comic book. Yeah, yeah. It, but when you get into the, the narration, which isn't great, but the animation uh, does, the animation kind of does hinder the story a bit with the way it's presented. I disagree. You know, there's that awesome scene where the um, where where Loeb is talking to Gordon for the first time, and you see like the details and lines on Gordon's face, how fucking sad and tired oh, he looks. I, I don't know, man. I, I love that. It doesn't look as good to me as like Under the Red Hood. You know, like I think Under the Red Hood has like the perfect balance of having like good action choreography with the animation, also having like. Detail, like not not crazy details, like on the the character models, but like you can tell, like you can tell their emotions just from like a, a screen cap of their face, you know. Well, okay, well let's let's wait for the Red Hood comparisons yeah. in a bit before we get. Yeah. Uh, let's get into that movie but one, after, like, and then now the narration does suck. I, then McKenzie it, it's fucking a bit sucks. I God I think he's okay. I think as oh, Bruce Wayne, he's so terrible. His Batman voice is not good. Oh no, no, I think both versions. I think Ben McKenzie is not a good choice when at all for Batman like Bruce fake Wayne. Bruce Wayne in that one scene where he shows his crotch to Sarah I, I thought that was actually pretty convincing I actually liked his performance in that it's just he's just not a good Batman I, and I think uh, it's the movie does the movie works better when it's not focusing on Batman you know and it makes but it obviously it's Batman year one so I just don't think Ben McKenzie that. works in general it's not a great performance but I don't think it's horrible definitely I don't th- the best I, one there is Gordon yeah and it's Brian Cranston, Cranston yeah you know even it, though it does feel like it's it, very typecast <laughs> Not that no no like I, I feel like just like the voice direction in the in this film is very bland. I, I feel like there's not enough there's it's not as emotional as it could be, especially from someone like Brian Cranston who could yeah. who's very good at like showing his emotions, especially with his voice because Brian Cranston has such a uh, he has such a, a a very specific voice that you could you can get a lot from what he's saying. But I think it makes sense because this version of Gordon isn't as you know he's a, he's he's a bit more toned down. Compared I mean, to the Gordons we've seen before. I mean, sure, but you could, that could be done in a way where it doesn't come off as him just reading lines off of paper. I don't know. He, do, really he does could. a little bit more. No, actors have range, bro, and I feel I like... Think he, I think he brought a little bit more to the table than just, like, reading lines with his performance as Gordon. I, I, that, that's, but that's just kind of what I get from everybody, though. Everybody in this movie, they don't really have a good sense of direction when it comes to, like, I how they're supposed to voice their, their characters. I disagree. I really think the weakest voices, really, in this movie are just, like, Alfred and Batman. And Bruce, and they that's are the really weakest, it. but I think it's just in 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 general Selena's, issue. Selena Kyle in this movie are is all right. Holly Robinson, I like. It's just to me like they're they all just they they all just read out. That's not how it comes off as, and I can't get that out of my head, you know. Mm. And I, like I I wish like they had a better they had better direction when it comes to like when it comes to voice acting. For really, these, but for like these you things. don't like you don't watch that scene where he beats the shit out of Flas. When he has the bat in the snow, and you don't think that that's a good performance that he's giving there? No, I, I, I think it is. I like it. It's I don't, very I'm not into it. It, it. it works with that version of of Gordon, and it's and the narration. He makes the narration work, whereas Ben McKenzie doesn't. You know, that, during I, those I, scenes. Sure, that I could agree with that, but I think it just in general, the voice cast just wasn't pushed the way they should be. Now, I think there's some interesting bits with the action sequences in this movie that I, I like when he when uh, when Bruce goes out to the to the um, to the prostitution ring to that street corner and so he fights bad. Selena huh? Hey, ben McKenzie is like narration over that it's oh, so bad this is gonna be a reconnaissance mission 
might as well the complexion and all this can't believe like, he's gotten this worse it's super robotic yeah. it, it's it's bad it's kind of annoying it's bad uh, but i i like the i like some of the choreography in that sequence with him fighting selena for the first time i i i particularly fond of it because of that one little thing they do when the camera is like following her fist as it's uh, going into bruce's face mm-hmm. i like that because you don't see that a lot and i'm like that's kind of cool that's some dumb anime shit that i like and I honestly, overall, I think the animation in this movie is better than in the compared to Red Hood. I read because, that. Yeah, no, I can't. It, it's keeping with that David Masacelli uh, style, but also it's it's got little details that make it more unique, you know? And I'll get into Red Hood in a second for why that kind of falters, but like... You know, I I find that you know a little bit stronger. Like the details aligning on on characters, their ages, like showing they're displaying their ages. It, it's it's more prominent. It's cooler. It could be. It is more prominent in year one. I could agree with that. But like just the way it's kind of put together and the way it moves in under the red hood, it feels more natural. And I feel like we're getting more by less. I'd say that more in you the know? action sequences, more so in Red Hood, because like there's not that many action sequences in this, and it's not great. Like that final bike chase at the end. I don't like it. It's not good. Nah, I don't. I don't really care for it that much. And also, if we're talking about story for a second here, it's not the. It's not the best story. It's yeah. It's adapting your one, which is a really good Batman story. But there is some, like I don't like the fact that it ends just like the the story does. In translation, it, it doesn't work just, as well. It, yeah, it, it ends kind of like like on a wet fart kind of. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's 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 the wrong word. That's the wrong phrase for me to use. But like, it kind of just ends, and it's like, all right, cool, wow, all right, that's it. All right, and that's and like you, kind of you, you kind of feel like okay, so this movie's done. And that's kind of it. I've always loved the fact that like Frank Miller really thought he wrapped he wrapped everything up in the bow with the bow at the end when he when Commissioner Gordon says, you know, I can't I can't see without my glasses. It's like oh, how convenient. That is a, that is <laughs> like, that is the dumb Superman shit that you would hear from like the fifties up to like now. Yeah, you know, and it always bothered the hell out of me. But whatever. Okay, it's, I kind of find it funny. It is funny. Yeah, how the fuck? He's Sarah right in front not, of you. No, but how the fuck does Sarah not notice? Who, who's got the... Does he have his own, like, shadow light? Does he have his own spotlight yeah, on it's him? Yeah, it's a hard fucking harsh shadow on she's, his face. He's inches away from Sarah when he tells her, I'm going to save your child, uh, Mrs. Gordon. Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw your dick, like, a couple of hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> I like that scene a lot. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Oh, well, how, uh, I don't even know her name. This girl that's licking my face and shit, Ms. <laughs> um, uh, detective. Oh, what? Well, how could you think that I would be Batman? And he's got his dick out, just like being sleazy and weird. Oh, God. Although I really find it funny how like... <laughs> In incelly isn't the right word, but when uh when Gordon leaves the mansion and he's like, This is the easiest fifty grand you ever made. Get out of here. Eh. Slut. Like <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It's Frank Miller. You don't think he would have said that? Probably if, if they gave him carte blanche in that story? God, man. I think this even though I like Selena Kyle's performance in this, I kinda think that's always been a a bit of a weird addition into that story in general both in the graphic novel and in and in this adaptation you know it makes sense but it's like okay cool we have catwoman on a suit for like five minutes and that's it (laughs) like i don't know 
I, I don't like I your do, one as much. I, 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 I do like before. your one. I think it's not the best, but it's it's definitely a step toward the greatness you see in those Dark Knight Returns adaptations. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns is great. You know, and I really, I really appreciate what they're doing in this. It's not perfect by any means. But it's pretty. It's pretty. There's some good stuff in there. I mean, the, the whole the crack house sequence is great. In the daytime, when they're when they're getting Batman, yeah, when they're bombing the crack house, that's great. That's a fun sequence. I would love to see a sequence like that in the Batman. That's what I think. That's what I want the Batman to do. Yeah. I want that shit. Kind of have just him being it, a, a night prowler, prowler. Yeah, and from what I've been hearing in the shadows, from what we've been hearing about this film, you know, uh, with all the rumors and production casting and all that. If I, I would I would not be upset if part of this movie is just year one with additions of other villains and mythology put in. I think it's to be honest, I think this whatever Robert Pattinson's Batman's gonna be, it's gonna be a year one long Halloween mix. I think it's gonna be very year one. Even that suit, when you think about it, kind of looks one. very year one. I mean it's it's homemade as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, not it doesn't have the metallic thing that you know the, the original costume. It actually has. looks like body armor. It looks like yeah, it looks like hockey pads. It literally. looks creepy. Yeah. You know? Especially it, the it leather looks especially the leather cowl. Yeah. It looks like a serial killer made yeah. that, you know? Like Which I could say the same with like this suit too, with this bat suit. I, I do like this movie. I, I don't... But then again, I saw Red uh, Under the Red Hood right after this, and boy... Yeah, me too. That is a fucking near masterpiece. I wouldn't say it's a near masterpiece, well, but no, it's... Well, no, I, I, I really I guess like it. I, I guess in terms of just, like, those superhero animated films, it, it really is. Yeah. Like, because... All right, so we're just going to go balls deep into Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood, everything that year one did bad under the red hood succeeded by far i wouldn't say everything i'd, I'd say most things the like, action sequences in under the red hood are so good and specifically they, they're, the, they're like the they're like the mission impossible movies from that came like the last couple mission Impossible specifically movies, the where scene, they just have a big starting point and an end point and they're going through crazy ass checkpoints yeah they're, they're literally going through yeah it's almost like the matrix yeah where they're yeah. just like going through just different points they're literally like, jumping like building to buildings, buildings. yeah yeah <laughs> um i think specifically uh, again we're going to spoilers um i think one of my favorite sequences and is when batman is just beating the lever ever living shit out of jason todd in, in the, the bathroom. bathroom dude that's literally, so matrix he when doesn't he's let him his breathe fucking face with the porcelain and the glass and all that fucking you know he slashes ears both sides oh, fucking it's great it's it really so is good. great no my my personal favorite is when him and dick are chasing jason down through like throughout the city and you get that awesome shot of him turning around and cutting, cutting the, the wire off, yeah just as it's about to wrap around his leg i and mean they get, as you know that cut my steel like oh, that my man. wires not many yeah <laughs> I, I i love that i i think I'd say though neil patrick Harris isn't that good of a nightwing i think he's okay i he, like him as, as nightwing but like, bruce greenwood as batman amazing is awesome amazing he is like he's definitely trying to keep now, his look, compulsion together now, now like going into like just the voice acting this is where the stark difference comes in because fucking bruce greenwood bruce greenwood batman, batman is much jensen better jensen ackles jensen ackles is one of the best voice acting per, gives one of the best voice acting performances i've for ever a superhero seen for, character. for red hood yeah no just, just red hood is in general so, you have that instant like that sense of like uh tension 
with how serious he sounds, but he also kind of puts it lightheartedly like a Robin would. Yeah. You know? He has and a, he, he he makes that perfect he ha- mix he has between that, the two. That, that Robin personality, that that very like He's uh, fucking crazy. That very hot headed, <laughs> almost like Naruto personality where yeah. he just kinda just wants to And he gets puts done, off like little done. chuckles and one liners out there when he's like n- interacting with Bruce and he's like, You haven't lost your touch, Bruce. You're talk- and you're talking to the guy with the AK forty seven. Yeah, no, and that's awesome. <laughs> I, I he's but you could definitely see he's crazy with it. And no, then yeah. he has that emotional through line that's what i was gonna say the duality of him like like when he's like towards the end when he's when he finally confronts bruce the final 20 minutes is some of the best shit i've ever seen uh, well your antiquated sense of morality yeah so like i don't know what's more disturbing like yeah it's it's so good you hear the hurt in his voice you could tell like like his performance is the best example of a voice performance that really captures what the character is going through at that very time it is i think it's fair to say to me personally that it's probably the most heartbreaking Batman film. Yeah. Yeah. Of, like, of, uh, even putting in live action. I could action. agree with that, yeah. Because fucking... I love Jason Todd. Personally, hot fucking nuclear take. I don't give a shit. He's my favorite Robin. That's not a hot take. A lot of people agree with you. hell. Yeah, a lot of people agree with you. He went through a thing where crazy comic book nerds would call on a fucking toll line, on a phone toll line, to determine his fate and get killed off maliciously, being Beaten to death by the Joker with a crowbar. Which, by the way, being Joe DiMaggio, fantastic, amazing. That is like he's if an you amazing were to Joker. Get, if you were to clone Mark Hamill and give Mark Hamill a smoking addiction, but still have a really good Mark Hamill laugh, that's John DiMaggio as it's Joker. Great. John DiMaggio, not Joe DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, right? yeah. Joe DiMaggio is the buff yeah, baseball yeah, yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he is so good in it. But like, going back to Red Hood for a second, Jason Todd is that he's definitely the bastard child of the whole family. No, he is. But the thing is, he really wants to prove his worth and in, in his own unique way. And that's why I think Red Hood is one of my favorite characters because he is a fucking psycho crime un- boss, he's, underlorn boss. He's, he's but what, he's doing it because he wants, he has, that's his own perspective on how to keep Batman Gotham safe. Have been. He's what Batman should have been after his parents died. Arguably. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, just like this... He's basically the Punisher. But the thing is, yeah. part of him, he's not wrong. He's not. The final 20 minutes you can't worked stop so crime. well. I control, you can control it. Or, that, yeah, yeah. But like that whole argument of like, I'm not talking about killing anybody else. Just him. Why the fuck did you keep Joker alive? Yeah. Even when I died, you it, know? It delves into that the most. That is such an interesting and like. It delves it, into the most interesting parts. Look, it delves it. into the most interesting parts about Batman and like what and like why Batman just. His his moral view of the code, world almost doesn't work. His moral code is gets the best of him. Yeah, you know, and and, and not just the best of him, just the best of everything. Yeah, his moral code is not only is the reason it's both the reason why he's able to be be this this savior and be this hero, but it's also the reason why so many people are dying and yeah. so many and like it's because of Bruce's ignorance that. He that all these people just suffer, and that's something that we really don't get from Batman. It's ignorance, you know? but I'd say more fear, huh? Because he talks, he explicitly says, like, when if, it's he, a mix of if both. he if he were no, to no, kill, yeah, but like, I, I think it's more based off of fear too, out of his own control. Because yeah, if, I, I if he says if both. he would have killed Joker, he doesn't know if he would come back. I mean, but it's definitely a mix of both because he know be because it's his it's his ignorance to the fact that he could solve the problem, but he just chooses not to. Yeah, and it's out of fear that he doesn't. So yeah, it's a mix of both. 
It's so compelling and so good. No, yeah, I think the most look, interesting parts about Batman is what this movie delves into, and it's his failures. And yeah, and it's the perfect way. It's the perfect way to kind of explore this story is by having his son call him call him out on his shit. Yeah, you know, and that's something that a Batman animated movie really hasn't done since for like there's not that many that do that no you have mask of the phantasm which does it in the sense of his relationships with um with uh oh fuck what's her name uh with uh, it's been forever since i see bat uh, with, mask of with the phantasm. cassandra or whatever the fuck uh um, Batwoman or whatever no phantasm there is yeah there's mask of the phantasm and then there was the the rise of batwoman or yeah i haven't seen the rise of batwoman Woman, so i can't i can't I, argue I've seen that, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like it, 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 it plays with that you know how his moral code gets the best of him in terms of relationship with you know someone he who love, and in Batman Beyond, where you know it's it also it is very similar. You know where it's like the spirit of Joker is always going to haunt him in that sense. You know, and what he represents if he lets go mm. and if he you know pulls the trigger metaphorically. You know, and and it's and I think it's the thing is under the Red Hood does it in such an emotional, an emotionally satisfying way. Yeah, that you you know it's kind of like the more popular choice in a sense because it's like yeah it's literally your son died he's back now and he's mad because the the you you didn't even do anything to get his your killer. biggest failure comes back to haunt you yeah you didn't do anything to, to avenge him yeah because you kept him that you kept this fucker in a cage it's great you know it's and it's movie. so good i think the animation better the, 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 no the thing is okay that was what dc at a point when their animation style was going to was still the same yeah because remember it batman v, batman superman is the same style as this it's still consistent yeah it's consistent but it's not i was it's never been my favorite yeah because ed mcginnis is a good is a good story is a good um artist but i don't like the ed mcginnis look in all of the dc movies mm-hmm. you know Oh, excuse me. Same how I feel with like how all the DC movies look the same now as just from like Justice Doom. League Doom onward. Yeah, you yeah. know, is it Even Doom or? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, that which style, is which yeah. is the one with uh, uh with uh Tower of Babel? With is Tower that not Babel? Doom? I think it is Doom. No, I'm not thinking of that one. Then I'm thinking of the one with Dark Side when they start the New Fifty Two thing. No, that's isn't Apocalypse? that Batman Superman? Batman Superman Apocalypse wasn't that? No, 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 no. When they do the after, it's the movie that came out after Flashpoint, okay. which was the New Fifty Two reboot of the 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 first Justice League story. Flashpoint was a good movie, huh? Flashpoint was a good movie. Was, yeah, yeah, it is. It was a good movie. Yeah. yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah, it's not the last, it's not it's the last good DCAU movie, but no, there's been a couple good ones. Batman Ninja, I like. And Justice League Dark, I like. Batman Ninja is its own weird thing. Yeah, but I like it. Yeah, it's good. I it's like good. it. Justice League Dark, I like a lot. I like yeah. Justice League Doom. I know you don't like it as much. Which one is that? Is that the Dark Side one? Where no, it's the one where Batman is. It's basically Batman versus Justice League. That's Tower of Babel. Yeah, no, I the, like yeah, that Justice one. League Doom. I do yeah. like that one a lot. Justice League Doom. Yeah, I'm thinking of the one where they they're fighting Dark Side, where it's the first uh, New Fifty Two story from uh, the Justice League comic. I can't. Yeah. But I, I didn't care for that one as much. And they had that same style going forward. But this one, like, I, I, I've i never really cared for the style of in that much. Superman Year One's much. good, too. Superman Year One? Is it Year One? No, it's uh, Man Tomorrow. No, not Man Tomorrow. The, they are? Aren't they making that? Superman. I think uh, the Superman story where... Um, um, All-Star Superman, I'm sorry. All-Star Superman That is was good. a great animated That is movie. a good movie. That yeah. is That was before that one. Yeah, That yeah, was yeah. before the Dark Side one I'm thinking about. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's... I think it's okay. I think the thing is the the action sequences are way better 
in this film compared to year one. I think the animation style in year one is just a little bit better than the, than this one. I just think you all know? around it's better. You know, I, I think everything, like again, I think everything that year one does wrong, Under the Red Hood does right. I think for the most part it does that. Because it has a better Batman. It has a better... Also, Black Mask. I love him. Oh, that's He's right. awesome. We forgot about Black Mask. Black awesome. Mask is so good. I prefer this Black, Ma- Black Mask over Ian McGregor. Dude, Ian McGregor honest. is basically playing that. Nah, not really. Yeah, I mean, when it comes kind to like, the cadence of his voice, when, when it it's com- very similar. When it comes to him just being a fucking man baby. Yeah. And just fucking uh, just Dude, punch people. I love Black Mask so much in Under the Red Hood. When he's just punching people yeah, like, yeah. like in, a, in a row. I like that his face is actually the black mask. Like, yeah. I love that. I do like that too. Yeah. But man, it, he's so fun. I think that's also what this movie has a better leg up compared to this. It has the better villains. Yeah. Because jo- John DiMaggio. Work. John, All side characters yeah. work. Yeah. John DiMaggio's Joker is one of the so more good. unique Joker performances okay. of all time. Actually, and it's very good. Actually, look. The one thing that I felt like this movie missed is having something with Nightwing and Red Hood. That too. The brothers of the bat. You know? That always bothers me. And like, we've talked about this before, how there hasn't been a huge, great, like, Robin Brotherhood story. In terms of animated films, no. I know we had sure. so we we've had some like pretty recently with like, Batman Jason and Robin Todd. Eternal yeah and we might get that with three Jokers we also kind of got that with Grant Morrison's Batman run with Dick Grayson that and Damien yeah There's Dick and Damien and Red Hood because he uh, Jason comes back as Red Hood in mm-hmm. that storyline but yeah like the only one I could think aside from that is is Batman and Robin Eternal which is all the Robins yeah. when Bruce is in uh, in is missing after Endgame. And we need more. We need more stories like that. I think probably three Jokers, because three Jokers is Batman, Barbara, and Jason. So having that can that's in, that's an interesting relationship too, because that's something you never really see. Yeah, Barbara and Jason interacting. So that's going to be something very Bar- interesting. It's mostly usually Barbara and Dick. Yeah, because they love each other. Yeah, yeah. which is or then in like an Arkham series where it's like Tim Jake and, and Barbara. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of like a brother sister kind of thing. Kinda, no, no, they were together. They were. Yeah, Arkham oh, Knight. They were together. Weird. They were dating. Yeah. Oh, in Arkham Knight? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the comics. Oh, no, I'm talking about, like, the Arkham, oh, okay, like, no, because, like, in the series. comics, they're more like a brother-sister kind of thing. Yeah. Especially when Tim, like, starts off as Robin. In the anime series, it was, like, Barbara and Dick definitely had a thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they were together, yeah. Apparently, they, they do some big uh, development in that, in the in Young Justice, in the new seasons. I always liked that. I've always, I've always cared I, about I, that, too. I mean, as I've much always, as I love Batman, I just want to see more of just, like, his family interacting with Dick each other. And Dick has a better relationship with uh, Barbara than he has with, like, Starfire. He's a better Personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I, ca- I don't care for Starfire and Dick, man. I never did. I mean, uh, it's, uh, to me, it only works in Teen Titans, the animated show. Even then. That's it's when like, it only worked for me. But that's because, like, we had a whole series kind of, yeah. you like, know, I, I, I never, it, it, it always felt like the wrong one Teen for Titans, me. Teen Titans, Attack on Tokyo? Yes, yeah, but it always felt like the wrong one for me. Sure. Because, like, Barbara, <laughs> they, 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 they were raised together, you know, and they loved each other. Yeah. And even after Barbara got shot... You know, they still cared about each other a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's always, there's that one Birds of Prey comic I remember reading where there was, it was Dick and Barbara crying in each other's arms because like Barbara fell off the wheelchair and B- Dick picks her up and they're just like, they're just sobbing together. They're just embracing each other. And I'm like, oh fuck, that's, that's heartbreaking. When you see more of that. I want more of that. Yeah. You know, I, I would want more of that with the Robin. I want, I want Jason Todd and Dick to cry with each other. Holding each other's Dude, that could I, be amazing. That, that would work. That, that could really work. could be amazing. Like imagine the two, like it's the two sons that are so drastically different, but they almost both feel like they which weren't enough for Batman you, or something, you, you know, which is why Titans is so interesting to me. Cause you could get that. 
Yeah. You're and there there's been That's one of the good of points of Titans. You know, yeah. Titans isn't a good show, but I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um but the whole Dick Dick Grayson and Jason Todd uh Relationship. dynamic to it, 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 yeah. it, it worked. Yeah. It worked. I I, I I mean I don't know what else happened after season one. Like completely. Like I know I don't know anything about season two yet. I haven't seen but it. But like I, 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 I hope they explore that, you know? Because I think they just, do. The brother dynamic is something that I feel Batman stories can really, really get something off of. Yeah. Off of. We always have the father-son stories. The brothers is something we don't get. You don't get it just a ha- lot. Is it, again, just, ha- just have Batman out of the equation. Just have me a sto- give me a story with Jason, Dick, Tim, Damien. Barbara... Damien have Sander Kane maybe have Alfred be the fucking Harper. like have Alfred be like the one kind of just like looking over everything. Also, Alfred has a really small role in Under the Red Hood, but, but that's so scene, good. When, that the, scene, when the fucking when, dishes drop, when he realized that that's Jason, <laughs> that breaks my heart, man. Dude, it's something we don't see in like, these animated no, movies. There's no, there's it's just silence. It's, it's just, just the glass breaking. It Bruce is like shocked, and then you just see they just both look at the screen. Alfred and then, breaking his heart, and then when it ends, this changes nothing, nothing at all. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> that motherfucker's crying on on the inside. I mean, it do- it really doesn't, because in the end of the day, Jason Todd's still dead. To him, in a to sense, him, yeah. In the, and in, so it in changes nothing, line. and like that. But and, it does. Yeah. It, it it does change. You know the comics. It, yeah, it, obviously. It, no, yeah. it it does change how Batman is. He's not perfect. No, and he'll never, he'll never, he'll never get over that, as long as Jason Todd lives again. You know? I think we both agree. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the best DC well, animated okay. movies. Let's, let's put these. Let, I wanted to. I wanted to say. Okay, so we got best animation out of the way. There, we both have different answers to that. Voice I acting, think we both agree. Well, here, here's the, here's the. Let me see. Let me tell you. Better Batman. That makes sense. Tom, I uh, think in Gr- general, Bruce Greenwood. I think in general, ben, there's ben no McKenzie. performance in uh, it, like in year one. I wouldn't say there's. The only performance that really stands out for me is Gordon. Even then, it's not that great. I don't I, think there's. I any, really like I it. I think all the performances in Under the Red Hood stump what Brian Cranston did in year one. I don't know about that because I think you could make a good argument of putting, you know, which is the better voice performance? Brian Cranston as Gordon in year one and Jensen Ackles as Red Hood. I'd say Red Hood. Yeah. I'd say I, Red I, Hood. I, I could yeah. see the argument for both, really. Because Brian I, Cranston I, gives a really good performance in that I film. I just feel more but emotion. Jensen Ackles is very emotional, very grounded in that character i just feel like jason ackles well. is able to capture red hood and jason todd better th- than like brian cranston did as gordon in terms of a villain and and not, and not the, and and i don't think that's a that's of the fault of the voice actors i think that's just pure direction i don't know that's just pure know. direction i feel like i feel like the director of either of those films one knew what he was doing and one it's two different directors didn't, yeah uh, Sam Lowe directed uh, who directed a bunch of episodes of Red Justice Hood. League and um, some of the Sam more Lowe recent did Red Hood right no he did year one he did year one with another director I can't remember and then Brandon this, Vietti the one made, who did Scooby Doo uh, WWE yeah, yeah yeah that's the one who directed Under the Red Hood his yeah. only DC uh, movie yeah by the way which is a shame yeah it's it's a shame because he, he does a really good job with that direction and the animation in it I think I think animation's good but the fight sequences are better in than in year one Arguably because the fight se- there's not a lot of fight sequences in year one. I think I, I think like if we're it has not, a better leg up in terms of the villain if because we're not, not really a big villain. If in we're not pinpointing, if we're not pinpointing specific performances, I think in general, I think Under the Red Hood is just better in voice acting. I could agree. I just find these arguments interesting to me because it's just I, I find it fascinating. And then villains obviously Under Red Hood because yeah, year one doesn't really have a main villain. It doesn't have a villain. It has yeah. Carmine Falcone in a cameo. Selena Kyle's not a villain, and Flash is a is Flash. 
And then you have Detective Loeb. You have I just want to see John Turturro as uh, as Carmine Falcone. He's going to be fun. I can't wait. He's going to be the guy from... He's going to be his character from uh, Night Of, even with the eczema and everything. Want to hear my hot take? Not really a hot take, but what I think is going to happen. What? I think John Turturro is going to die. In in the Batman? Yeah. It's I, Carmine Falcone, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, John Turturro. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what the fuck? Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I think... I, I th- well, from what I'm getting, I think John Tur- uh, Carmine Falcone is going to be the one that's going to that's get murdered in the Batman and I feel like his murder is going to spin off whatever it's going to happen I think next. he's going to be attempted to get be murdered maybe yeah or something I feel like he's he's definitely not going to be the main villain there, you're yeah. going to get those scratches you're going to get cat scratch oh yeah she's going to she's going to give him the cat, get that cat scratch that's great I love that I, I want to talk about John DiMaggio for a second so great dude he, so great He he's so different he really is he, but he plays he it he has like, that Mark Hamill tone and yeah, you can and the you, laugh too the, you can get the influences from him but you can tell it's definitely Mark Hamill with a drug addiction it's like downplayed too yeah. it's like okay yeah yeah not now these be, men because they're kind of dead. Be a good like, boy now. Finish your homework by nine. And yeah. oh, I love that. Yeah. No, <laughs> gotta give the boy some credit. Bats. He came all the way back from the dead just so he could do this little shindig. No, who's I, got a camera? No, when he <laughs> for, first of me, uh, me and the boy, then me and Bats, then the three and of one us, with the crowbar. No, then the three of us, then one with the crowbar. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. No, no party pooper. No cake for you you <laughs> no the, I, I think one of my favorite lines is when um when the when the but when like the dynamite gets revealed at the end of the red hood and then joker just starts freaking out no this is yes, better it's so good it, bro it ca- bro it that movie snaps like fucking nothing it, it's, it's perfect. so good it's, it's exact i i completely see joker like his like wet dream is for him to just die with batman yeah. <laughs> and like that that it's perfect oh, it's, it, so it's perfect good. it's great tom king does that you have to man. You managed to uh, f- to find a way to win, yet everyone Ruin? still loses. <laughs> like it's oh my god, it's so great. I love it so much. He needs to be back as Joker. Why, he why needs the another fuck Joker. hasn't he come back? I don't it, know. It pisses me off because that's such a unique performance. Who was that fucking guy that played Joker in, in Young, Young Justice? Justice? Yeah, he sucks with the sideburns. But they brought back Bruce Greenwood as Batman in Young Justice. That's I don't so know why weird. the fuck you would not bring John DiMaggio in. I think Bruce Greenwood, besides Kevin Conroy, I think Bruce Greenwood and John DiMaggio are like my favorite pairing right after uh, Conroy and Hamill yeah yeah they were so interesting yeah they're very they're very matured I do honestly like where those voices where like Conroy and Hamill are definitely stemmed in like the prime animated series thing even when you listen to like when you watch Killing Joke it's like oh this this obviously feels like you know like you could you could put this in a regular episode of the animated series and it'll work same with the the Arkham games Conroy and Hamill it's just their voices are just so ingrained into our subconscious the, that like, yeah. we literally yeah, I, I, we can both agree we can't read a Batman comic without hearing Kevin Conway's but voice but the thing is you know you could read Greenwood and DiMaggio if it's like two old ass people yeah you know because I feel like that's the natural step if anything I feel like those two voices Bruce Greenwood would have been a better choice for Dark Knight Returns I feel yeah I, I think about Dark Knight Returns a lot, and I think the weakest aspect of it is not the voice acting in general, because I think Michael uh, Emerson does a really good Joker. He's an okay and a very Joker. unique he's Joker. He's not bad. But Peter Weller kind of, it feels like he's kind of phoning it in. Yeah. As, yeah, Bruce, yeah, yeah. as Bruce. It's not bad. It. It's not bad, and it kind of fits kind of, with yeah. the stoic, you know, like all hard, the people I've murdered. Old, hard ass, you know, Batman, but like it's kind of it's hammy a little bit, you know? Yeah. I'm in, I'm interested in 
let you guys let us know if you're interested in us talking more about these Batman animated movies or like these animated movies in general and like comparing and contrasting them because they're fascinating to me. Yeah, let us know. Okay, so we're gonna do that next week anyway. <laughs> so yeah, um, we're gonna be starting this thing on the show where each week, uh, well, each episode, we're gonna be we're gonna take turns recommending something that we want the other to watch, whether it be something I've seen or he hasn't seen, or something. I'm talking about Raul, by the way. Yes, <laughs> or it's something we both haven't seen. You know, so. I think I or something we both seen that that we haven't seen in years. Yeah. So I recommended Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two, which, which we could I, talk, we could watch, and then we'll talk about in next, next episode, next week. So I'm I'm interested in doing this for these Batman animated movies. I want to do it for film for like just movies in general. Yeah, I know, but, but then, like, but like, yeah. I ultimately because we talked about this a little bit before um, the the both of us earlier before we recorded, uh, we were recording that like I kind of want to do like a bracket. Of like best to worst, you know, like a yeah, like a bracket of like the best Batman animated movies. To be honest, and see which one like kind of knocks over the other. I want to start doing that closer to the Batman release. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of Batman animated movies out there, so that'll take plenty of time. I think in general, I think we could just do like Batman movies in general. We could. Because fuck, like we got all the burn movies, and it'd be really fun to do the juice, oh, the Schumacher movies. That's gonna be a fun time. That's gonna be a very fun time. I haven't, re- and honestly, I haven't revisited any of the Nolan movies in like probably five years. I rewatch the Dark Knight every few every few months. Years. No, <laughs> no, every few years I rewatch the Dark Knight because yeah. you know it's 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 always. I don't rewatch Knight it as feels much. Like it's been a, a while. A fresh, like a, just a fresh breath of air. You know, it yeah. just it revigorates me. You know, you guys let us know if that's something that. You would want to see because I think we could do we could easily try to do like a like a bracket, you know, Batman movies in general, Batman movies. And then we could do like a fan version of that, too. Which fan, which, you know, of you guys, which one of you guys likes this movie or the other? And, you know, that would keep that. That's something that's an interesting idea we could probably do. How about this? Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So next episode, we'll talk about Dark Knight Returns Part Part 1 and 2, which is technically one movie. It is. But it's two I have, movies. I as have well. the edit where it is one movie. You get you got that one, and then you gave me your part one and two. I'm yeah, it's right there. Yeah, I, I I honestly did it to save up space, and I also wanted. I was I've never seen the complete cut, so I've always been curious to see how that works. I haven't seen the complete cut either. Yeah, but I'm gonna watch both both part one and two. It's literally the same thing. Yeah, but you know, whatever. I'd say so for this week. We recommend both. But obviously, Under the Red Hood is a much better film. Yeah, the f- be- better ending too. Yeah, that ending is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh yay, cool flashback. Oh Nothing wait, ends. but he turned into a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also love that reveal where it's like Jason, and then the lightning strikes, and it's cheesy, but like you see his, you see uh, old old Jason. And it's definitely not like it's definitely like everybody knows it's Jason. Oh yeah, but it's, still, not a, re- it's not a spoiler. But the reveal for the character is still like. I love how in they handle the it scene, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, you haven't lost your touch, Bruce. And then he's just like, what? <laughs> it's great. That's such a... He's so good. I, Damn it, I want Red Hood in every... I want Red Hood in a live-action film. That film has potential. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, so, uh, I'm going to recommend uh, some books. Go ahead. In my best of the pal. So, the first one is called... They, uh, it's, it's called They Called This Enemy. Do you know what this is? This is George Takai's autobiographical. Wait, George gra- Takai, like yeah, like Star Trek George Takai. Yes, okay. this is his autobi- uh, autobiographical account of his and his family's time in the Japanese internment camps in World War II. It's a graphic novel that came out, I think, last year. 
It got a ton of awards and praise, and boy, it is a really good read. You read it? Yeah. Fucking you heartbreaking. It? No, I, I got it on Hoopla. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. For those of you who don't know what Hoopla is... Uh, kind of like streaming series, yeah, right? This is, a, this is a plug that is not really a plug, because we don't get paid for anything. Um, it's, it's, a, it's basically li- an on-demand library. You have a library card, you sign in uh, through, the, through Hoopla.com, and you could access up to like 15 titles a month, whether it be comic books, books, audiobooks, movies, and TV shows, like seasons of TV. You could, you could, you know, that's, I, I forgot to tell you, actually, you could binge watch all of Avatar The Last Airbender on Hoopla. Shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You should have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. You could do that. <coughs> and, um, and, and, and they renew each month at the beginning of each month. How much? It's free. It, all you need is your library card. All right. It's on a my very way. good deal. On my way. It's a very good deal. <laughs> Uh, they call this. I, I read all these. I read all these that's books a on Hoopla. Great fucking title. They call this enemy. Wow, yeah. that's it's fucking that, dark. Wow, man. that's a great title. <laughs> you know, it's also a great title. Deceased, which is the other one that I read Fuck this you. year. Um, it's, so terrible. It's DC's Marvel Zombies. Really? Deceased. I, oh, I like it. Deceased. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I I really like it. It's really uh, it's a really fun zombie story. Give me one second. It's a fun, crazy zombie outbreak. Stemmed from the apocalypse of a virus inside of like Darkseid's body that infects the entire DC universe, and it's really fun. I've seen those. It's supposed to be like a Marvel zombie. It's supposed to be like it a is Marvel, Marvel zombie book yeah. for DC. It's written by Tom Taylor, who did the Injustice comics that I've heard they're very good. And it the art I can't remember the artist right now, but he, he the art in it is very good. It's I really like crazy it. Crazy how much how how long Injustice lived on after the games as a comic, right? Yeah, it's the, cause that's see a those, big story. Arc. You see those trades, and it's like year four, year five, year six. I'm like, well, that's a lot. What the yeah, fuck? What the fuck? And it's all written by him. You know that, right? Tom Taylor wrote all of that. It's crazy. It's it's incredible. It's very good. Spe- I uh, so speaking of the different iterations of like Robins and shit. I've always loved. Evil Damien Nightwing. Oh yeah, I've always loved that. Evil Damien Nightwing. Evil Damien Batman. Huh? Evil Damien Batman. Wasn't he? Uh, didn't he play? Wasn't he like uh, uh, Red Nightwing in uh, Injustice Two? Wasn't he Damien oh, Wayne? In Injustice. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. first Injustice movie. That's right. In the first game. Injustice game. Yeah. No, was it the first it's game the first or second game? It's the first one. Really? Because Dick is dead in uh, in that timeline. Mm. Dick died and then Damien took his place. That's right. And then after we had like then after we had Damien with the sword in cool. Justice it was 2. a cool it was a really cool uh, design. Twist. I love the design. No, but yeah, but it was a it was a cool twist too. Because yeah. we all thought it was Dick Grayson. But I'm like, oh, that's interesting. No, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh I love God. I, I just love like the just gothic straight black hair. Yeah. <laughs> like like Damien. Deceased has it's it's a really fun and interesting exploration of like how you change up the dc universe and there's a new um i i I started reading it because i was really curious with the new follow-up series that they've been doing so it's like last man standing or something like that where it's basically it's jason todd survived the uh, the outbreak with um uh slade and um his daughter and captain cold and mirror master and they're basically an apocalypse team fighting zombies. They just all sound it's like such a cool pair. It just all I sounds love like villains. James Gunn's gonna put in the Suicide Squad, dude. I fucking love. Did I ever tell you how much I love Mirror Master? Yeah, he's so cool, and it makes me mad. You're really into like, C-list villains, dude. But Mirror Master, like as a concept, is scary as shit. Yeah, he's literally Candyman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's fun. 
And then you have that with Jason yeah, that's Todd. That's fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I have a fun... I, I like Mirror Master. And, you know, I love Jason Todd. So having him be, like, the leader in a zombie apocalypse outbreak fight is awesome to me. Teaming up with Slade. With, with Deathstroke, of all people, too. Sick. Yeah. I, I like... Uh, that's a good read. And then I finished Tom King's run on Vision, second volume. Holy shit, that's dark as fuck. It's rough, man. That's a good series. Vision's really good. It's it, it it's in this point of the story where um and I and I, I said what the story was last uh, last episode where it's you know Vision goes out and makes a robot family, but that robot robot family is super self conscious and scary scared of the fact that they aren't human. And when you they pick up in this half of the series, it's twelve issues. This is like seven to twelve. Vision is put in the scenario where this family has done some fucked up shit, but he has to stick with them because he cares about them. And it makes, it makes vision into a bad guy a little bit again. And it's, and it's, he's put into this really fucked up complex moral scenario where it's like, do I, do I, do I let go of the people I built and cared about who I, I described as my family or do I, I, I I don't I don't know. Just you know, go on with the crimes <laughs> that they're committing. Like people died, Pe- houses are set on fire. A dog got reincarnated into a vision dog. You want to know how vision dog is a is is in is part of the series? The bloodthirsty. No, it's not. That would be really funny. But um, one of the kids, one of the vision children, killed the dog, killed a neighbor's dog by accident. Nice. And they re they and then Vision took it, and then he turned it into a dog, into a robot dog. They Frankenweenied him, and it's really creepy. They Frankenweenied yeah. him. Yeah, I I it uh, those are my recommends for um stuff you should be reading. Term of the century. Yeah, I'm I'm really liking that, and I'm gonna change it up a little bit too. I'm gonna try to keep it a little bit away from um from some. I'm not I'm not gonna try to keep it just com- uh, comic book and graphic novel centric. I um recommend I'll recommend another book that I'm reading right now that yeah, I'm close to fresh. finishing. That is a a memoir of sorts and it's very good. But I'll leave that for next time. So what's your best of the blue? Uh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> um, some Blu-rays come out last two weeks. Uh, we got Jojo Rabbit. Nice. Uh, Jojo Rabbit's a pretty good movie. Uh, oh really? Yeah. It's pretty. No, it is. It is a pretty good movie. Oh okay. It okay, is a pretty good movie. Because when we talk about it, it always feels like you don't like I it. I didn't hate it. No, no. It, it is. It, it's very well written. It's very well edited. The comedy really does stick. It's just I, I. I feel like it's a little overrated, but it really is a good movie. And I. I definitely do think Taika deserved that Oscar. If you yeah. want to watch Jojo Rabbit, uh, it's very dark. It's very 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 dark yeah and thank god it is because yeah. it's not like the type of thing it's not the ragnarok problem that no he it's has. not it's, it's his not. most mature film which yeah, is surprising 100 yeah, and it's very good to see jojo rabbit yeah uh 4k on blu-ray go get, check that out a beautiful day in the neighborhood did you um, finish that i haven't finished it it's a good uh, movie the movie where the marketing completely lied to you and tom hanks is not the main character but yeah. it's fine uh matthew <laughs> reese is is a really good he gives a really good performance in People that. I really like that. 4K on Blu-ray. You can check that out. Knives Out. Ryan Johnson. You know hey. how you know I love me my Ryan. Um, 4K on Blu-ray. Check that out. That was really good too. Uh, Cut out of space. Which good movie. Still haven't seen it. Uh, the Lovecraftian Nick Cage uh, type of movie directed Richard by Stanley's yeah, Richard Stanley. Richard Stanley to film to uh, to feature films after the whole fucking disaster of um, Island of Doctor Moreau. 
which yeah. is a very fascinating documentary by the way. Um I'm uh I'm going to watch Color Out of Space uh, eventually. Uh, it's wacky. It's wacky. It's a fun weird <laughs> wacky uh Lovecraft movie. Well, there's that. Yeah. So, there's that uh 4K and Blu-ray. Uh Daniel Craig's uh, 007 movies, which is, you know, from Casino Royale up to Spectre, they got re-released for 4K. So that's Casino Royale, I'm, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre. I'm going to actually rewatch these in preparation for No Time to Die. Yeah. I'm not going to watch all the Bond movies because I'm I like, have, I don't have the fucking time. On Blu-ray, I have Casino Royale and Skyfall, which are my two favorites. Yeah. I love both of them very much. I, I've seen Skyfall out of all of them. You haven't seen Casino Royale? I never finished it. Do you want to borrow my Blu-ray? Oh, no way. I've seen Spectre, too. I've seen Spectre yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Do you want to borrow my Blu-ray? Yeah, why not? Yeah, here. Sweet. Here. You're going to... Here. Is that your Batman Under the Red Hood Blu-ray, by the way? Yeah. I uh, actually, I was, I actually I was got staring it. at it for hours. I bought it yesterday, too, because yeah, it was up for, on sale for like two uh, I, two bucks. I bought it in preparation for, for our little rewatch Under the Red Hood. Oh, yeah. That's right. They it, fought Amazo in this. I forgot about that. That I don't that like that sequence. No, I like that sequence. Oh, wait. Amazo. I, Amazo, I, like, I didn't like the Assassins. Oh, the assa- the 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 Power Rangers. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. That's the I, that's like the only point in the movie where I'm just like, okay, I like this the end stupid. of it where it's like, fuck you, cheesy line. A taser to his, the head. A taser to the head. He explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, is, isn't it, it? This is like one of the few DC anime movies that's PG thirteen, right? Under the Red Hood. But a lot of them are PG thirteen, and some of them have recently been to R now. Which ones? Justice League Dark, I believe. Right. Killing Joke. Um, yeah, one killing, of the Batman okay, movies. Okay, but Killing Joke was barely rated R. It was just like he, here's <laughs> Here, a weird, here's sex some scene. weird sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, in a in a in a Gordon penis. Here, here's a Casino Royale. Ah, thank you. Here you go, buddy. I, I'd love to check this out actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Casino Royale is how much of a misogynist is he in this? Objectively, <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I think Casino Royale is just the better. I think it's all in all, it's the better movie. You know what's weird to me, and I didn't know this beforehand. Uh, I didn't know Martin Campbell also directed Goldeneye. You did before that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. He's a he's a Bond director. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know they would bring like people coming like uh, like the same directors back again. Then he directed Green people. Lantern. Um, yeah, he did. So yeah, yeah he the, did. the 007 uh, Daniel Craig films they all have uh, 4K releases. So I highly recommend you watch those. Um, I'd say Skyfall, Casino Royale are definitely the better films. Spectre's after we watch Spectre's Spe- okay. <laughs> after we watch Spectre. It's not. It's it's better in Quantum of Solace, but it's not saying much. But the Quantum of Solace script is garbage. But the actual direction and like the the fight sequences Man, are great. Qu- Quantum of Solace had a bad time going forward anyway because they it was they, during the writer's strike. It was during the writer's strike, and so Daniel Craig wrote most of the movie while filming. That's so funny. <laughs> so and you can tell it's a pretty shit movie, but the again the the actual direction and the sequences in that film are pretty great. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I. It. That's what I got for for my Blu-rays. You better watch watch Casino Royale. How dare you? This has some of the best action sequences in modern action. I've films. seen the I've seen the first action sequence. So I've great. seen the opening of this movie, and I'm so like, great. oh, I like it. Did you ever see the torture scene? Yeah, I have seen the torture scene. Yeah, Man, poor. How how do his balls still laugh. work? I'm gonna laugh because you tickled my balls. <laughs> and it starts laughing. <laughs> and Matt Mikkelsen so is good. amazing in Casino Royale. They've had a great list of Bond villains in this new, you know, and they've in, had two in, great in Bond his villains. tenure. They've had two great Bond villains. Javier Bardem and Mads. Well, okay. Christoph Waltz is okay. I like Christoph Waltz and Ben Mendelsohn's whatever. Oh, that's right. I forget about that. He's, he wanted water or I'm some hoping, shit. I'm hoping uh, Rami Malek does a great job. I think he will. I don't I know. I think he will. I don't know. I have I have faith for that kid. I kind of, I, I mean, I kind of, I have this love-hate relation, relationship with like, for example, Blofeld. I, I. Dr. Evil. I kind of <laughs> like the fact that 
he is a classic Bond villain, but I also don't because I would love to see an original take on a Bond villain. I don't, and I don't like the fact that he is his twin brother. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> see, they're not twins. They're uh, brothers. Adopted, though. yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, that, that is kind of weird, but whatever. Um, How do they not mention that in Skyfall, by the way? They go to his house. They go to his Scotland Yard fucking ranch there that Sean Connery was supposed to play instead of the old dude with the shotgun. You know it was supposed to be Sean Connery, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wait, am I on crack? It wasn't Ben Mendelsohn in Quantum of Solace. Is he in it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's um, Ben Mendelsohn wasn't big at that time. It's uh, 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 Matthew uh, Almerich. Matthew Almerich, I believe. No. No? Is he from The Artist? No, no, no. Dude, I'm on I'm on crack. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. This should be the title of the episode. I'm on crack. crack. <laughs> um I forgot who the bomb villain was, but it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, I apologize. No. I know the title of this one is hmm. Insignificant. Insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> it's insignificant. God, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Rate. Bye. Oh wait, where can we find oh, you, yeah. buddy? You can find me at Summer Oak Cruise on Twitter. And Letterbox, uh, where can find you? Advocate Mocavo on Twitter and Letterbox. You can find the show on Instagram, American Nerds. Yeah, we'll Just figure like out our that. Twitter one day. Wait, yeah, that's the running joke. We'll figure yeah. out our Twitter one day. That should be a T-shirt. We'll figure out our Twitter yeah, one we'll day. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye, Bye y'all. Bye.